All right, y'all, it's spring, and you know what that means. It's time to start planning our summer festival traveling. Yep, it's time to get into my Airbnb bag cross-country, a.k.a. uh, time to visit my homes all across the country. And you know what I never think about? Why not list my own spot on Airbnb and host some folks at my house? I mean, my house is cute. Yes, let's make money while we're spending money. Just trying to help you out, man, because your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Course Love Supreme is a production of iHeartRadio. This classic episode was produced by the team at Pandora. Hey, what's going on, y'all? This is Fonte, Fonte Glow, here with this week's QLS Classic. This week, we talked to my friend, my family, my dear friend, one of the best singers on the planet, Grammy-winning singer, Layla Hathaway. Uh, she talks about carrying on her father Donnie's legacy, working with Prince, Segan, Four notes at the same time like it ain't shit Her deep love of video games And plus we get loads of wisdom Loads of words of wisdom From my QLS brother Sugar Steve This was a great episode um, Check it out Original release date was March 28, 2018 Pre-Rona It was amazing Check it out QLS, Layla Hathaway QLS Classic It's fine, take a look Yeah Suprema, su, su, Suprema Roll Call. 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 Sound of Layla's voice? Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. yeah. But when she starts harmonizing? Yeah. Get out! Get out! <laughs> Suprema, su, su, Suprema Roll Call. Suprema, Suprema Roll Call. My name is Fonte. Yeah. I'm cashing checks. Yeah. With my nigga Layla. Yeah. Watching some real sex. Roll Call. (laughs) Suprema, Suprema Roll Call. Suprema, Suprema Roll Call. My name is Sugar. Yeah. I love Fela. Yeah. I love Dela. Yeah. I love Tequila. Boss Bill is flying. Yeah. Flying high. Yeah. When Layla sings, yeah. Baby don't cry. Roll call. Suprema. Suprema roll call. Suprema. Suprema roll call. It's Laia. Yeah. Been called Layla. Yeah. Never really mind it. Yeah. Cause this girl stays slaying you. Roll call. Suprema. Uh, yeah. Alright, we'll talk about Suprema that later. Roll call. Is it my turn? Suprema. Yeah, really, your turn. Suprema roll call. 
My name is Layla. Yeah. Not Leela. From a roll call. I tried to give you the cord. The cord was not really popping just now. It was, came out as a lot of air. Thank you. Okay. What's Stop it. What's this, wrong? What's going on over there? Stop it. I just, I don't know. I don't. Stop it. Something to do with Prince, probably. No. Oh, yeah. No, no. Okay. Tell me. Okay. I want to know. Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> It'll come up, I'm this sure. This is another episode of Course Love Supreme. I'm Questlove. I'm still alive. Um, yeah. Okay, wait. I'm just going to come out and say it. Uh, 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 uh. Go ahead. <laughs> that was the worst come out and say it. <laughs> it's, worth, it's worth the wait. Okay. No, I'm, I'm going to be professional about this. All right. First of all, uh-huh. I have to say, yeah. we have literally one of the most brilliantly frightening singers ever to walk on this earth. Why frightening? This is true. You, yeah, man, why frightening? You've said that before. Oh, he never told you. What is the frightening part? It, we're going to get into it. She's so cuddly. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she uh, is. Because I want you to know that my love for you is beyond awe. Oh, that's deep. I'm glad you said that because it doesn't feel like that. Sometimes. I know, and I know, I know you feel a certain way, maybe jokingly or maybe real a little bit. Both. <laughs> but yes. <laughs> but I appreciate that. I appreciate that. That's deep. But this is from such a level of oh god, this feels like the first episode. <laughs> Hi, my name is Questlove, and welcome to. <laughs> All right, first of all, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Layla Hathaway. Thank you. Yes, yes, yes Got yes. the name out. That intro Progress. would go down in infamy, I think. <laughs> I appreciate all of that. Okay. You had to get through this before. Yeah, you got to tell You got to tell it. Yeah. Just tell the story. I, okay, look, just the, the sound of your voice talking, like, as I really, I want us to be BFFs, but the sound of your voice is... Quasi traumatic for me. The speaking sound. I love when you talk to me. Yes, it's, it's the speaking sound. Just regular, ain't it? I know it is. It is. It is. It is. It is. But it's just that the the texture of your voice reminds me so much of your dad. Oh, yeah. That I just have connections of. I understand of that, but it's also anytime you sing, it just psychologically puts me back at being like seven years old, eight years old. Interesting. Yeah. So this is a hell of a way to start off. (laughs) Get it out now, right? Like get it out early. They're just all laughing at me because they know that this isn't fake nervousness I'm doing right now. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> keep, keep it together. Keep it together. Do we need to get you a, a paper bag to breathe in? No, I'm good. I'm good. Wait, I'm well, good. let me ask, Layla, is that the first time you've heard that? Because I'm sure no, it's not. No, it's interesting to me because I know, you know, like my box was made by my mother and father, so I know that I sound like my parents, both my parents. But it's interesting 
that people, uh, sound is deep. Sound is like super deep. It's a transporter. So when people tell me that it takes them to a place, I get it. Takes that. you back, yeah. Yeah, because I have that sound, those sounds that do that for me. So I get it. It's deep though. Did your mom she did she sing as well? Yeah. Okay. My mom is a singer. My parents met at Howard in the fine arts department. And a lot of the way he approached singing, he got from her, you know. So, um as do I, you know. So I I definitely get it. It's interesting though, because people say, Wow, it's so cool. You sound so much like your dad, but I'm like, you you probably sound like your dad too. Yeah. You know, who who has not answered the phone and somebody said, oh, is this you or your mama? Is this you or your daddy? <laughs> right, right. So it makes sense to me. I get it. No, I, I definitely sound like my father. And sometimes my dad passed last January. Mm. And every time I call home to talk to my mom, I always have to be mindful of how I say hello on the phone. Yeah. Because it might sound just like him yeah. calling her. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Wow. Damn. Anyway. So. Talk about nowhere to go but up. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, actually, can you answer all your questions in your Neil Diamond voice? Yes. (laughs) Absolutely. Like, yeah, like I kind of want to bring our online relationship out to here. And sometimes when you sit on the show and we talk about singers you love or ideas, crazy ideas you have. Yeah, I, I, I love talking about that stuff. Anyway, um... Can I assume that you were, where were you born? I was born in Chicago. Okay. I like to think of it as the late 80s. You born in the late 80s? Chicago, <laughs> yeah. Hawaii was born in, what, 94 there this you year? Go. Uh, 1994. Yes, yes. I feel you. Born in Chicago. What part of Chicago? Born on the south side, grew up on the north side, moved back to the south side before I went to Berkeley. Can you explain, like, Chicago to me, I mean, Chicago means everything that all people, of course, you know, politicians will use. What about Chicago as yeah. sort of reminder? But I mean, what is when you think of Chicago, is it fuzzy home memories? Is it like the, the eye roll in the air? Is, it, uh, is Ch- it Chicago is many things to me. Chicago is I mean, anybody from Chicago will tell you we have a super strong sense of being from that place. The city has a lot of character and holds a lot of 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 character the food the culture the museums the people the weather the sides the segregation you know dr king said when he went there in the 60s that it was the most segregated city he had ever been to so for me chicago yeah um chicago was a lot of things and that's the thing when people say i'm from la or i'm from virginia nobody says what side you know people chicago is either south side or north side that's it south side represents what that's for black folks North side is white folks, south side is black folks. There's of course there's there's everything in between. Yeah. And there's the west side. But there's definitely a delineation if you grew up in Chicago, particularly in the seventies and eighties. Like where 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 in Chicago are you from? You know, there's definitely that aspect. You know. So I grew up in both parts of town, you know, south side and north side. Mostly north side. So in the eighties when you were four, mm-hmm. five years old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What I mean, what was the environment like then? I went to a performing arts high school. I don't have a huge memory of my life before like seventh grade, sixth grade. Um, I went to performing arts high school. Um, Any other notable students there that are now? John Cusack. Um, uh, 
Laura Flamboyle. You said John or Joan? John. John. Okay. I don't know if Joan went there. When I was there, it was only the third year they had he's ever. He's from Chicago. Of course. Okay, that's why Makes he's sense, in yeah. uh, High Fidelity. High yeah. Fidelity and, well, he was in Chirac as well. Yeah. I was wondering. Well, oh, that's yeah, right. He was, yeah, yeah. The, he was yeah. the preacher. Yeah, he yeah. was the preacher. And those John Hughes films, yeah. you know, all of those kids. Yeah. Um, let's see. Susan Tunney. Laura, uh, her sister's name is uh, Robin Tunney, who's on oh, Mentalist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Laura Flamboyle, I said that. She's, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of kids. So uh, you're obviously, your major was vocal? Yeah. Okay. Well, see, I got to the school and, and I sang. I walked in. I had my sheet music. And I was singing this Anne Murray song, and I was probably thirteen or fourteen. You needed me. Anne you needed me. <laughs> what is all right? What is what is up with you in country? I don't know. I really, I just um, it's a Midwest thing. It has to be. It might be. It might be that. It might be like I like to sing, and I like tone. And growing up, those were some of the songs that captured me. Those voices and those songs, like you know, you could pull them like taffy. You Are know? you the youngest or oldest in your group? oldest? Okay, so you discovered the music first. Did you hang with older cousins or anything? Or Not really. I mean, my cousins were like, you know, I have two older cousins, really, my first cousins. One of them was like a huge Kiss, Bay City Rollers, you know, there. And the other was like Prince. And that's it. <laughs> like in her closet behind the clothes was the poster of him in the shower with the leather. Um, okay. And I would dip in there like, I ain't getting a sweater. <laughs> I love it. Free ball. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I love, I love country music. I love Dolly Parton and all that growing up. But how, I mean, how was this introduced to you if it's not an older cousin, older sibling? or um, Were you just that curious or was it your friends? It was there? not a big whoop. To understand who those people were in the 70s and 80s before I was born. Born, right, okay. Um, <laughs> it was nothing to see Lionel Richie with Dolly Parton somewhere. Or, Parton yeah. kind of you know, changed everything. Yeah, yeah. Or, Kenny um, Rogers, Rogers, too. Like, yeah. Kenny yeah. Rogers, the 80s, that was or it. the Mandrell sisters. I was about to somewhere. say, he's the wife of the Mandrell sisters. Yeah. Yeah. On Saturday night, uh, Barbara Mandrell, the Mandrell sisters. Crystal yeah. Gale. Yeah, like that, all of that stuff hair. for me, even like the Eagles, you know, the the sort of country rock, all of that stuff was all in the same sort of collective for me. Oh, okay. So you chose Anne-Marie, you needed me. I did, I did. And dude started playing, and I was standing up there, and I said, I cried a tear. He was like, wait, wait, wait. You got to sing it up the octave. And I was like, I never sang it up the octave. He said, well, try it. That's where you're supposed to sing. Oh. And I was like, I cried. No, this is wrong. (laughs) This feels wrong. He was like, you should try the theater department then. Wow. Wait, what? Yeah. So I did that for a little bit. Oh, so they, I'm wrong. So they, you went to, you did drama first before you. I did a little drama. I did music. I just kind of basically blended in really until I got to Berkeley. Like I tried out for different things at school and didn't make it. I went to show choir camp. I didn't really, you know, I just kind of blended in everywhere until I got to Berkeley. Well, I mean, and during that era, like, were you at all trying to pursue a music career? Was Not really. I mean, in high school, I just feel like I feel like I was waiting for this thing to happen. Like I, I at some point I came to L.A. when I was 16 or 17, right at the top of Berkeley. And I went to B.R.E. Remember B.R.E.? Yes. Jack yes, the Rapper and B.R.E.? Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> and Prince was playing that year. 
And I just stood in that audience and I was like, I, I love him. This is what, this is, I'm supposed to be here. Uh, when he did Diamonds and Pearls? No, 91? it was way before that. It was, it was like 80, it was before I went to Berkeley. It was like 89. Sheila came out and played and I was like, wow. I was in the hotel waiting to get in the room where he was going to play. And Stoney Jackson was standing in front of me. Oh, ah, shit. Yeah. And I was like. With the curl. With the yes. curl. Yes. Yes. I was like, this is my shit right here. Does Stoney Jackson exist without the curl? No. Stoney Jackson came back on something and he had a fade. Yeah. I can't remember. He no, came back. That, 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 that was an imposter. No, no, no. no. no he had the straight had, curl. Oh, that's, yeah. seven. that's what we're talking about. Okay, I remember the name. Yeah, the Stoney Jackson. But he came back. He was on something fairly recent. Was he on Everybody Hates Chris? Yes, he That was. makes sense. He was on yeah. Everybody Hates Chris. He had to fade. What? He had to fade. <laughs> what? Do you remember Stoney Jackson, Steve? No. Did you ever watch the White Shadow? Uh, yeah. The he was basketball. he was one of the black guys uh, that eventually. I mean, but you gonna ask me if you watched Two Two Seven? He had a show. Remember that show where he was a detective and his friend was a detective? Yes. Kind of like a ten speed of Yes. Remember? How do you know that? I loved Stoney Jackson growing up. It hit me that you and Fonte might be like matching wits as far as. This dude is Weird like information. This dude, I told you, we sat in a hotel lobby one night and chopped it up for hours. This dude is absolutely one of my soulmates. He don't know it yet, but that's true. Thank you for that, ladies. Tribe now members. When you find your tribe, it's nice. Ain't it's it? true. Yeah. It's true, though. A tribe called Real Sick. We're gonna need the backstory. Yeah, okay, okay, yeah. So, look, yeah. so when I first got on Twitter, all right, now this is like early Twitter. This is like. The early days of Twitter, like 09, 010 Twitter. 010. 010. 010. Wasn't Twitter 2007, though? Well, I'm saying this was the glory days. This is, I mean, 07, right, right. it was still early. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah. like, 09, that's when people got on. 010 was cool. It started popping. And then, like, 2011, 2012, that was when Trump. The, the Tumblr uh, people came over and just ruined it. Right. So now this shit is whatever. <laughs> but, like, now this shit is, you know, it was then. So back then, before all the Tumblr motherfuckers came over, you could just talk about whatever. And every time Real Sex came on HBO, Layla would show up in my timeline. Like, it was without fail. She would just always show up. Yep, watching Real Sex. This is the Punani Poets episode. I remember yeah, this yeah, like, yeah. 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 So I just thought it hit. So I was like, yo, like, Layla, you really, you watch all these? She's like, hell yeah, I'm them all. right now. So all, all that, of them. I think I've joke. seen them all too. So. Yeah. It's like thirty of them at this point. It's yeah. like real sex. Y'all but know they the number? keep showing them, and now they've tried to update. You know, they have news, th- cyber sex, and all that stuff. Yeah. But it's nothing like the actual real it ain't sex. Like yeah. Ninety-one, ninety-two. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, in the cab. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Taxi cab. Yes. Yeah. So that's uh, that's me. That's so he calls me real sex. Yeah. That's the name. Real sex. Every time it come on, I check my Twitter. Yeah. Layla is at Layla Hathaway. Is right there. People probably think something very different, but yes. No. No. No, it's just this is my this is big sister. We just but does that say something about you though, Layla? The, I don't know. Does it? Mm-hmm. Like I a, watch a lot of TV. I mean, but you know all the real sexes. I do. I do. I ain't mad at that. that makes me feel good. Didn't you make friends with a Punani poet? I the knew. Pun- I knew one of the Punani poets. Yes. Yeah. What city was that when the Punani poet episode? Was? They, I feel like DC? it was LA. LA. I feel like it was DC. I was thinking DC yeah. too, but I don't know. Los Angeles. Yeah, she was from LA. <laughs> Wait, how do you know that so quickly? Google. Oh. Yes. <laughs> but your Google's lightning fast. <laughs> so. When we said Punani Wi-Fi. Poets, Bill said, oh, Google. Yeah. No, I remember them. I remember them. Yeah. That, that group Betty. Used to yes, go. the three girls yeah. with the, like, kind of harmonizing, but, like, not really. <laughs> but then they used to be on that show, Encyclopedia. 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 So, like, how y'all gonna... 
How you gonna be on the kids show and real sex? Betty. I'm out outside here with you, Steve. I'm so high. This is awesome. This is all good stuff. Don't edit this out. For real. I'm just like thinking how bad real sex was. That show, and I love sex. That show was terrible. It was good. I don't know what you mean. The HBO show. It was good. It was so much good information that you never knew. Here's a, a sex house in the middle of nowhere where people have sex. There's uh, nothing yeah. wrong with like, that. I'm just saying. Red. They were interesting. Yeah. Like, let's pay $400 and go to upstate New York and, <laughs> and wallow along in the mud and have sex and learn how to play a drum. That's what they were doing. <laughs> On <Okay>, cable TV. <laughs> Glad you guys have, have that connection. Caucosity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Amir, you ain't watch real sex? I I think during this period we were like living Marking. in y'all was touring uh, all day. Yeah, y'all were in, in Europe or something. Like that. Yeah, like there's a big part of the early '90s that oh. I just had no television because you're probably way smarter for it though. Yeah, uh, yeah, you know. Now I feel left out. Like, is this on paper? Yeah, yeah. Is this still paper on demand? On demand. I think they may be on demand. There are episodes on demand. They still play the reruns. But I learned a lot. I learned a lot on that program about like. Furries and people that <laughs> oh, fuck after they cover themselves in mustard, and these are things that had Wait, not entered what? my consciousness <laughs> before. And that. this is in the nineties, like so. This is like pre-internet, yeah. Pre, yeah. it was pre-internet. That's yeah. the thing. Like now, you can type any pre combination speed, of words, for sure, yeah, and get a sexual <laughs> fetish. Up. But this was pre-Google, yeah. so that was our real sex was our window into the weird That's sexual right. workings of white people. Into mostly, <laughs> mostly white people. Yeah, mostly. white people. It was like spot on. It was like one of them swingers conversations. It was like one nigga in the whole joint. I was like, man, right. you gray. Or the girl with the the girl with the bit in her mouth, and she's a pony, and she's got the thing up her butt. Yeah, I other remember people that. Ride her back. Yeah, that was like cosplay. So that was Who, like and whoever knew the in betweens were nice too when they would stop people on the street. Yeah, they would just talk about yeah. sex. Yeah. Like that so yeah, that bit. That's where Dave gets the bit. Well, on Chappelle's show when. He would do. Oh, the, talk to people. And yeah. That's yeah. That's oh, okay. uh, real yeah, sex. Yeah. Thing. Don't waste your time with that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's actually kind of funny now to watch. It's more funny now than yeah. sexual. Yeah. All right, y'all. You know what season it is? Tis the season for spring breaking and planning our summer travel. And if you're like me, you're already in your Airbnb app trying to find which spot is right for you. Now, listen, while I'm looking to spend all this money, what I'm not doing is thinking about making money with Airbnb. See, you got to change your mind state. Make the money while you're spending the money. How, you say, Laia, do I make the money? Well, you host at your house. And I know what you're thinking. I mean, my whole house? Uh, well, no, you don't have to do your whole house. I mean, you could do a room or, you know, do the whole house. So make some money while you're spending some money this summer. I'm trying to tell you, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver. 
And this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Anyway, so Berkeley. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what did what year did you? Um, eighty six. Okay. I got to Berkeley. Yeah. I know you got there in two thousand one. Yeah. <laughs> I like eighty six two thousand one. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what What was your experience in? in, in Ber- I had a, I had a really great experience at Berkeley. I mean, I really that was where I really my mind started going. Oh, actual music. Like, I lived on the eighth floor in the dorms, and these cats that were in the rooms on my hallway would bring me these records, and literally, it was like they were feeding me every day. I didn't know about John Schofield or John Abercrombie or uh, Carla Blay or, you know, I was learning so much new stuff. Because when I got to Berkeley, I had like a box of Tone Master cassettes. You know, a couple of the black ones, the good ones, and the rest were the yellow ones. Right. I had like Janet Jackson Control, which I had... Uh, gone over a Miles Davis record bootleg for that record. <laughs> I had Pat Metheny first circle. I had a Jean Luc Ponty record. I thought, you know, I thought I was all over the place. Like I listened to everything. Yeah, you could have made beats. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea. You're a crate digger that didn't make beats. I didn't know. That's amazing. Yeah. So I got there and I really started really listening to things. And probably within like the first month of school, I realized like, oh. I'm going to hang out with these cats because they go play every day and they let me come play with them. So I would just show up and not change the keys to any of the songs and not not understand the form or what was happening in the room. And I just was able to play with them every day. Do you play an instrument? I play keys. Okay. So you went for keyboards or, or singing? No, just for singing. But, okay. you know, I would show up to like I was the only singer in the John Schofield Ensemble. You know, like we would transcribe sco, sco solos and Whoa. and play them in class. You know, you're serious. Cause sco's no joke. Yeah, I'm a sco fan. Carla Blay. I love Carla Blay. People don't know about her. I, I know. Love her too. I know. She was the first show I saw at Berkeley, and Hiram Bullock was in her band at that time. And you know, I went on to have a, a really beautiful friendship with Hiram. He's gone now, but that was the first show I saw at Berkeley, and my hair just blew back like oh my god what are these people doing steve what year was that 86 so right right when you were born yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. um amazing what the mind can capture at the age of one yeah. yeah i'm just trying to figure out what music she had out at that at that time what album i don't remember what album she had out at that time i just remember the show was a dollar for students. Oh, wow. 
But how she get paid though? I don't know. That's crazy. Yeah, they probably yeah. got yeah. out of the student. They probably just didn't pay her much at all. Y'all paid for it. Yeah, they probably didn't pay her much at all. Making like a dollar show, like oh. And Hiram was up there with his bare feet, and I was like, oh my god, this cat, you know. Subsequently, I saw Michael Brecker in that room. I saw uh, uh, Idris Muhammad in that room. I saw I saw so many people in that performance center. Like I learned really a lot. Like in that one room. So you you, you must like jazz. I do. I mean, not everybody likes I, jazz. I do. Yeah. I mean, but you know, I have a love for I guess it. Most people. Go to Berkeley, study, have to study it anyway. Yeah, I mean, it, it just comes up. It comes up. Yeah. I think people think I'm a jazz singer. I don't know if that's... You, you sang, know. you say you sing jazz? You wouldn't say a singer, Sometimes, but you sing jazz. I mean, I think my approach is like that. I don't know what I would call myself, like a soul singer or a jazz singer. I don't really know. Jazz well, singer. Your, jazz singer was recorded. Uh, oh, <laughs> they were sitting. I am a oh, shit. That was an accident. More Neil Diamond. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Love on the rocks. We should shout out where, where we are. Yeah, I'm sorry. I forgot to mention at the top of the show when I was being traumatized that we are <laughs> live at Sunset Sound Studios. The I still want to say, I know it's much more than just Prince, but obviously. Go ahead, start with Prince, but it, it yeah, goes but much further back. They, yeah, so they let's opened go. in 1960. Doors, uh, Zeppelin 2s yeah. down here. Wow. What else? The Doors, uh, Van Halen, um, Led Zeppelin 2. A lot of no. Warner, a lot of a lot of Warner Brothers, uh, acts. Doobie Brothers, yeah, yeah Doobie. Um, minute Sugar by Ray. minute was made here. Right yeah. on. Yes. Um, but but then the Purple Rain, obviously. Purple Rain, nineteen ninety nine. Was made in here. The song yeah. Purple Rain, not in this the album, no. not in a different room here. In a different. Room. The, the song was recorded at First Avenue, where we were. A couple oh, of, yeah. That's right. But he did a lot of overdubs here. here yeah. But nineteen ninety nine was done here. Uh, majority of around the world in the day. Like before he built Paisley Park, this was his oh. this was his playground. After, after this after the taping, I'm gonna go to the seven eleven across the street where he would often Woody? get Doritos and I'm going with you. <laughs> and I've been on I've been on Prince lately. Like I dreamt about him the other night. We were we were trying to get to a gig and we were snowed in somewhere. And Jaden Smith was there for some reason. Oh my God. <laughs> That's random. Yo, talk, talk some more. It, it sounds was like an episode we were, of Real Sex. It was yeah. <laughs> with Jaden Smith. No, thank you. It was mustard, it was Prince, like two thousand five, and we were somewhere at a hotel, literally like a a La Quinta. <laughs> wow. He was he was sitting up in the bed, and I was laying down at the foot of the bed. And he was saying, you can lay up there if you want to. And I was like, I'm cool. And we were just watching TV. Oh, but he says you can lay. That's interesting. You can lay yeah. up there if you want to. I appreciated it. Mm. What does it all mean? Oh. Yeah, we need like a dream interpreter, somebody to break all this shit down. It Let's makes just... sense to me because. Does he Does he still, since his passing, does does he appear to you often? And Not often, occasionally. But I, I, I got to spend a, a very concentrated moment of time with him yeah. and um, you know I had this fear in my heart like I've been wanting to meet him and and play with him since I'm 11 or 12 years old and I've heard all these things and it, and and you don't look him in the eye right <laughs> and when I opened for him those few dates he was so cool and so gracious and so, so like, that New loving York, that New York run was the first time that you chopped Met it him. up with him and- yeah I was at oh, that show. Was, what, what, what year was that? That was 2010. 2010. Yeah. Oh, okay. 
Okay. Yeah, that, I, that show was on my birthday too that I went. Yeah. What day? Uh, the 15th of December. I'm the 16th. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. It was awesome. Happy belated uh Thank you. I'm birthday. 17 now. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm 17. Yeah. You got something for We did we did like four cities with him, four or five cities with him. It was just it was just cool. Like Was it would, hard for your band to adjust cuz I know that the um on the on the other side of that coin when you weren't opening those dates, sometimes Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings were trying to open those dates and they wouldn't allow them to use their their equipment and you know like their sonic and their equipment is is very oh. key to their presentation yeah so watching sharon jones and the dap kings perform on npg uh yeah uh equipment <laughs> not allowed to adjust anything everything sounds yeah. crystal clear yo it was the funniest <laughs> right. show it was the funniest show i've ever <laughs> it was amazing. With, with the exception of the horns and the sound of sharon's voice like everything was like Nineteen ninety seven sounding. <laughs> it was great. He was so cool to us and so like magnanimous and gracious. And he would come stand on the stage during my sound check and request songs. Wasn't that weird? And, uh, yeah. What kind of songs would he request? Um, he likes a song that I wrote called um, "What Goes Around." Mm, okay. And um, he would request that. You know, so they send you this list when you're going to go open for him and it's like, please, you know, pick two or three songs if you'd like to sing with Prince, you know, for the songs. And I looked at the list and I was like, I don't want to sing any of these songs. I want to sing Diamonds and Pearls. I want to, <laughs> I want to do Parker, Sexy Dancer. He literally showed up and his hand was here and I looked at him and I said, listen, I don't feel comfortable presenting myself with you with these songs. I have gas. No! I told him that. And he said, what? (laughs) (laughs) And I said, I have gas. And I just, I really want to, I really want to get into it with you where we can be at the same place. He said, okay, what do you want to sing? And I said, well, can I see your set list? And he was like, yeah. And then somebody brought the set list over. And I was like, I want to do Diamonds and Pearls. I know you don't do that anymore. He said, yeah, we don't do that. I said, okay, why don't we do um, Sometimes It Snows in April? Oh, yeah, that's right. So I did that with him. And that night was my birthday. Um, And after we finished singing Sometimes It Snows in April, it's so crazy when I think about it, like, that shit actually happened. I'm, I'm rising up on the stage. He said, all right, stand right here. Go up. Take my microphone. When you get up there, do whatever you want, and I'll be up. And I was like, okay. So I'm standing on this thing, just still tripping, trying to breathe. And the thing rose up and I was just standing there and all these people like, ah, and the dress was blowing and I'm just singing sometimes. And there he is again. <laughs> and then we're singing on the same mic. And I just, I, I wanted to lick him, but I knew that would ruin. <laughs> like what is breath smelling? Like? It would ruin. He smelled great. He was, he's everything you thought he was. And when we finished, I got ready to leave, and he said, no, 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 come with me. And he took me across the stage to the other side of the stage, and we did Diamonds and Pearls. Oh, wow. that's wow. It was awesome. And I said, oh, my God. The whole this song? Is, yeah. I Including mean, Including the bridge? Um, I can't remember. I can't remember how much we did. Um, 
it was it was an interesting interpretation of the of the record. It wasn't like the full thing, I don't think. Okay. And when we stood up and people were applauding, I said, "Oh my God, thank you so much! It's my birthday. That's the greatest thing ever." He said, "Well, I don't celebrate birthdays, but <laughs> congratulations." <laughs> Yo, I'm, am I tripping? That that's, I mean, Amir, maybe you can answer this. Is that very courageous? Because the average singer, I mean, even, there is no average singer who would be singing with Prince, but it just seems like the average person would not have felt the courage enough to be like, you know, I don't feel comfortable. Can we sing this song? Yeah. I mean, I didn't want to get up there and not take the moment. Like I, you know, if I had gone up and just been sitting there while he was playing, which I did a few nights, I'd have been better off than singing anything that I was unfamiliar with or not connected to. You You didn't want to sing some whack 2010 Prince song. (laughs) That's that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying. But most singers wouldn't have the courage. Hide that phone. Hide that phone. (laughs) Why didn't you like that? That's an incredible, incredible. (laughs) (laughs) He was the greatest. He was the greatest. That's incredible. Yeah. On your birthday. It's crazy. So when you graduated, you got, how did you get your record deal? I got my record deal the way they did it in the 1700s. I made a tape. (laughs) And someone took it to a record label, and a guy named Jeff Foreman signed me. Do you know Jeff Foreman? I'm sure that Fonte does. Do you know Jeff, Jeff Foreman? Foreman? Oh, God, I'm always playing. I'm always playing. Jeff Foreman is M2May's cousin. He was a, a rep at Virgin Records at the That's time. That's how, I think M2May mentioned him you know in Jeff our Foreman. episode. I'm okay. sure you do. He lives, I was like, that he's name New Yorker. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I got signed right when I was in school, so I would come out here on the train and listen demos and record demos and go back and forth like that. You did four original songs or? I did no original songs on the first album. No, 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 no. I'm talking about your demo that got their attention. Oh, the demo was a Renee and Angela song, which I cannot find, which was a banger. Um, Another ballad. Um, You know, I had a manager at that time right in high school, named Raynard Minor. I know you probably know who Raynard Minor is as well. He was a songwriter at Motown, um, blind songwriter who wrote, um, Your Love is Lifting, lifting Me High. high. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. And we wrote these songs, and um, they are classic. If I ever find them, I'll let you know. I, I hope you don't find them before I do. Um, we'll find them. And we turned them in, and, and I got a deal like that. So I was going back and forth from college, and making the record. So I know on your debut record, you worked with, you worked with Angela. Mm-hmm. Um, you also worked with Andre Fisher. Yeah. Nephew of uh, Claire Fisher and yeah. drummer Rufus. Um, Chucky Booker. Oh, Chucky worked on? Obvious. Yeah. The song Obvious. Yeah. Okay. Not Obvious. No, that no, was wasn't? Chucky. Don't put that on Chucky. You did you have an only? <laughs> I think um, Heaven Knows. Heaven Knows Derek Bramble. Yes. Okay. Um, Chucky did a song called Sentimental. Sentimental, yes. Right. That's the one. Okay. So a lot of my first record was covers, even though, you know, people don't know that. It's Something was a cover. I'm I, coming back. Vesta I Williams. I didn't know that for the longest. So, um, I'm coming uh, yeah. back. Yeah. I'm coming, uh, Vesta originally did? I'm yeah. Gary Taylor wrote that song for her, and I learned her version of it to sing. Ah, uh, did her version ever come out? Yeah, it was on her first album. Yeah. Oh, damn. I missed that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so what was the decision behind... Covering the songs or covering obscure songs. People were just bringing music to me. You have to remember, like, at that point, I'm 18. I'm basically, in my mind, on the path of, like, Janet Jackson. 
right? <laughs> I'm I'm uh, making this record, and they got me in like this little tight jacket, and I'm on the L.A. River, like posed with my little weave, and <laughs> they're bringing the songs to me, and there are people in my ears, like you know, don't worry about writing. They're just gonna tailor make all this whole record for you, and I'm thinking, okay. This is probably that bullshit, but it's cool because I'm on my way and I'm going to get in and I'm going to do what I have to do. So I didn't write anything on that record. So up until that point, including high school, including college and including your pursuit of a record deal, no one was thinking, was connecting the dots from your father's lineage to your lineage as far as like your deal or whatever. It's just like, okay, let's just. I don't know if they were. I don't know. I don't, I don't, you know, there was a I lot. I mean, were your, were your peers in school aware that, yo, I think you're so. a daughter of royalty? I think or? so. I think, you know, when I got to Berkeley, the first thing that happened to me is I was walking up the steps and Walter Beasley, who's a saxophone player, who was yeah. one of my instructors at Berkeley, came up behind me and said, hey, are you Layla Hathaway? And I said, yes. He said, are you Donnie's daughter? And I said, yes. He said, well, get your, get your ratings. I want you to be in my ensemble. And that was the first, I was like, oh, just because I'm Donnie's daughter? That's what you want? And then I realized like, oh, that people were kind of approaching me in a different way. That was the first time I was really aware of any kind of cachet on that level. Yeah. Was it, in hindsight, was it beneficial or was it, would you rather them just not known? And It's hard to say. I'd have to do it the other way. I just don't know. You know what I mean? I think, when I walk in the door as a singer, I recognize that I bring with me like the 40 years before me. You know, I walk in with a brand that people have already an association with, right. be that traumatic or, you know, whatever is that association. Right. I recognize that that precedes me when I walk in a room. So at some point I started feeling like, OK, and I don't even think it was a conscious effort, but I started understanding like, OK, clearly I'm going to have to be bad as hell. Otherwise, so what is that pressure like? Because yeah. that's the thing. I and part of your question at the top, like, well, I feel some sort of way. Like, how come you never told me this or whatever? Because I also know that that pressure of damn Hathaway. Now it, I it gotta was, it deliver. It wasn't a pressure though. It was mostly it was mostly me um, hanging out with all these dudes, knowing that for me, fortunately they accepted me into their little group. So that meant I got to learn. Like I wasn't the girl singing in front of the band. I was sitting with them and smoking cigarettes and blown over SCO charts. You know what I mean? I knew that aside from my lineage, aside from the name, that I wanted to be a badass. I wanted to be able to go to a session and not be thought of as the chick singer. That was a big deal for me. It has it had grown into understanding that people placed me alongside my dad and, and people began to ask, like, is there any pressure? Is there a pressure, you know, on you with your father? And I never felt like there was a pressure. I have always been super aware of the fact that there's 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 him and there's me. Right. And we for some people are like this. But I recognize that I can I can comfortably develop into a badass because I come from the greatest that ever lived. Right. So I have a I have a runway to work with. You know what I mean? Yeah, I was have, gonna, I, oh, I was just gonna say just as a fan, like I never drew. 
I never drew that comparison, you know what I'm saying? Or, you know, in terms of you talk about just having the weight of the expectations. I think the thing that sets you apart from maybe other people that, you know, come from that kind of lineage is that you were just dope. So it was almost like, for me, it was kind of retroactive. It's like you hear this dope singer and then you find out who her dad is like, oh, well, okay, so at least it's genetically unfair. That's why she's like, dope. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> she's it, a it gives you more explanation. As to, I was like, oh, so that's why she's dope. Okay, I get it. I mean, you know what I mean? Versus... Yeah. Some for you versus someone like, like a like Nona Gay or something. You know what I mean? That's a little. Oh. I ain't, I'm, shots fired. What? I'm not firing shots. The things we all do for love is a great fucking song. Yes, love yes. but yeah, I'm just saying. But that's fun. someone in that position. What about that, Love Sign though? No I'm playing. I like Love Sign. The Keith Crouch I records love on her. Your love high is voice. all we need for the future. The love for the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There were some dope songs on that record. Yeah, but absolutely. I'm just saying, someone. She I understand. Somebody really committed to it. Right. Yeah. yeah. She was. Active. I get it. All right, y'all. You know what season it is. Tis the season for spring breaking and planning our summer travel. And if you're like me, you're already in your Airbnb app trying to find which spot is right for you. Now, listen, while I'm looking to spend all this money, what I'm not doing is thinking about making money with Airbnb. See, you got to change your mind state. Make the money while you're spending the money. How, you say, Laia, do I make the money? Well, you host at your house. And I know what you're thinking. I mean, my whole house? Uh, Well, no, you don't have to do your whole house. I mean, you could do a room or, you know, do the whole house. So make some money while you're spending some money this summer. I'm trying to tell you, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Okay, so what I want to know is during your your Berkeley years in which you are honing your craft, um, are you actively, like, are you aware that you have the same uh, texture of, yes, genetically, are you aware that you have the same texture? No. And the thing is, do you try to avoid it or is just like, fuck it, this no. is what I have? And- no, it is what it is. And I've, and I have, as a singer now, what, it's a weird storm, it's a perfect storm because 
all the girls are singing way up here and I'm trying and there's blood. It's just all bad. And so as I'm trying to figure out how to manipulate my vocals so I don't have to be up there and in pain, then I'm finding my voice. You know, so it hurts you to sing soprano or um, it did. I wasn't sure. You know what it was, was my body saying, OK, you can conform to that shit or you can figure out what Work your shit what is. You got. Yeah. yeah. And that's what I that's what I learned to do. OK, so when you're in the shower or just singing to yourself in the car, uh, uh, control. So are you singing? When I was 17, I did what people told me. A lot of time. Yeah. Or I'm making up really super obtuse harmonies, <laughs> you know, or trying to sing so hybrids on top of shit. I'm doing the weird, the weird shit. So do you gravitate more to male singers when you like? Who are your favorite singers? My favorite singers are like you know my dad and Stevie and um, Nat King Cole and Johnny Hartman and um, I really love Prince and. I mean, there's a lot of, I, I definitely probably gravitate in terms of things to sing to male songs. Like if I'm going to put a cover in a show, nine times out of ten, it's going to be like a Charlie Wilson cover or a Maurice White cover or, you know, like that. Um, oh, shit. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the closest, I'm trying to think, even the closest uh, female singer I can think of in your lane is like Cassandra Wilson. I mean, I'm, just Jasmine's down the, there, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Jasmine Sullivan. Yeah. yeah. I was going to ask, do you guys, have you had conversation with some of these ladies, Cassandra, Jasmine, Anita, Tony? Yep. Where y'all bind on these moments of... Never Tony. I've never met Tony. Um, I have talked to Anita about it many times because, you know, growing up, her voice for me was one of those voices I heard and I thought, oh, this is, this is, hmm. You know, those songs, I knew I could sing those songs. And Angel became one of those songs. Like I used to be all the time with the hairbrush. <laughs> you know? Like in, when I was that age, singing along with Anita Baker, I would sing that song an octave lower under her. You know, wow. what was her critique of Angel? She liked it. You know, <laughs> she told me um, that I should cover all of her music. Wow. Whoa, she was nice. Nice. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> she was cool. publishing for me. She's 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 beautiful, and um, she's another person like. I was kind of afraid to meet. Mm -hmm. um, but all the people I have ever met that I really idolize have been so cool. You know, I've been really lucky. You're an awesome, but you're an awesome cover that also gives, it's, it's, it's weird. It's like you give your own version, but it's an honor in a way. Even yeah, with the, that's, and with that's the point yeah. is to pay homage to it. But I'm absolutely trying to erase your shit from consciousness. No, no, no. In a way, you can't, you can't make, you cannot make something without what came before it so what i'm what i'll say there is i want my thing to stand next to yours and then separately i'm trying to create yeah. a new original from that thing that you gave me to me the king of that well kings of that were the ozzy brothers and luther like they oh yeah like i never knew i'm gonna tell you someone else that killed that too is donny hathaway oh well yeah oh yeah, yeah, I, yeah, mean, yeah I, did, I, did, I did not even know that this um, is horrible i didn't I love know you more than i love you, you. Having a, i, I didn't know. know i didn't i didn't know my father did so many covers, Song for you. and, and yeah. I do so many covers, but I never. No one told me that John Lennon wrote "Jealous Guy," and when wow. I heard him singing it, like when I was seventeen, I thought, "Why is he singing this song?" I didn't understand it. I didn't understand that Marvin Gaye wrote "What's Going On" until I was like thirteen or fourteen years old, because everybody always played my father's version right, of right. that with that bridge, so I never knew that. So he had a way of um, taking a cover and and really interpreting it into a new thing, and even. 
even Superwoman, when I listen to that now, that's that's the one I want to hear. I'm biased, but that's the one I want to hear. From the pool of black genius. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I still remember the first time I heard that uh, Superwoman cover. I think DJ Spinner played it at one of the wonderful parties. Yeah. The whole party just stopped, and I think like half the room cried. It's, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a lot. So, uh, my dad was a dentist. <laughs> uh, wait, I'm slacking. Sorry, forgive me. Here we go. <laughs> my dad was a dentist. <laughs> oh, God. Did you... So, as far as the, the performance of the first record, I mean, were there expectations for you to... What were your expectations as far as the, the outcome of your... your my expectations? Few- oh, I thought I was on the way. You <laughs> on the way. You got this record now. They ain't taking your picture. I had these dreams of where I was going to be. You know, in these big places with like 50,000 people and I was going to be at, you know, at MSG and I was going to be all these places. And what I was finding out was I went into that record feeling like at that point in my life, I felt like a jazz musician. I felt like I moved to L.A. because my label told me I had to because Arsenio was here and you got to be in L.A. Uh But what I really wanted to do was go to New York where all my friends were going and I wanted to go to 55 and see Mike Stern and I wanted to go see Sco and I wanted to be in that environment where I was still creating music every day with musicians. And I kept thinking, if I move to LA, I'm gonna get soft. I'm gonna make this record and I'm gonna do what I have to do and it's gonna afford me this life where I can I can play the 55 bar when I want with Sco and then I can do MSG when I want. <laughs> I had this dream in my <laughs> mind of having this kind of career. Duplicitous. Yeah. yeah. This pop world and serious yeah. musician world absolutely so i'm sorry just to interject here it's john Schofield for our listeners right is that who you're talking about yes okay the guitar player yes so have you um worked with him or come across him uh since i since have then? i have come across a lot of those those people that i you know got my a lot of the synapses flying listening to their music firing listening to their music i met him at international jazz day with herbie and marcus last year and he told me that he loved my voice and I I literally like almost went down on my knees like <laughs> let's go, let's go. <laughs> yeah huge fan yeah he sat in with the roots on the tonight show and so have you, you guys should it's true I know I really I really want to play with him like him just him and me I want to just see what happens yeah you should you should pursue that I'm super I'm super enamored though just because we're talking about go just I'm super enamored with the period of Sco, which is still warm, electric outlets go. You know how he goes through these sort of, he's in these periods. Uh, after that was sort of the now she's blonde period. And I'm electric outlets, still warm, Shinobi, I mean, Shinola. These are and, albums? Yeah, Shinola. Okay. and. Um, so what years are those? I'm going to say 82 to 86, 87. Mark Kelly, there. Uh, the bass player from The Roots, played with Schofield for a while. Yeah, he did. Oh, wow. Huge fan. He went to Berkeley, too. Oh, there it is. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Mark Kelly. Yeah. When you, after your first <laughs> album, and you went into the second record, what was the, because, uh, I mean, I, we've talked, 
Let Me Love You. I'll be wanting you to do that live. I love that song. Oh, thank you. <laughs> but like, how did it, what was the expectation going into the second one from the label side? You know, it was a weird time. It was a time of transition for everybody in the music industry. Everything was moving toward this, where we are right now. Um, and I felt myself sort of feeling like, hmm, there's an element of music that my records don't really express. And I found at, at Virgin, like they had just signed D'Angelo, they had signed Janet, they were doing a lot of things. And, and I wasn't, at that time also, Keith Crouch was working with me on that record and he had just started working with Brandy. Brandy yeah. So I was seeing where everything was headed and I was really excited about it. My record didn't really express all of that. And right when the record came out, like the second week, they, I got dropped. Oh, and it was the saddest period of my life. And I was so happy and so sad because I felt like, okay, now I can move in the way I want to move. I can make these records and do these, live in these different spaces and create the way I want to create. And does, then it was another 10 years before I made a record. Does it feel like the end of the world? Like It did at that point. You know, I was like 25 years old. The door's and, been closed and will yeah. it ever open again for me? And I couldn't understand. I couldn't understand it because we only got through that first single, which was Let Me Love You. Let Me Love You, yeah. And I, I went to see Janet Jackson and I went to see Paula Abdul and I couldn't understand, like, you guys, you guys wouldn't give me money to rent a piano on a date and you spend so much money on pop music. I, in my mind, there was a disparity and I couldn't really make sense of what that was at that time. You know, what, how in the ten years that you were off, how did you survive? How did you pay the bills? Uh, as a working musician, I was on the road. Oh, with you were touring like everybody and their father. You know, <laughs> Joe Sam background and yeah, just... everything. Marcus Miller, I played with a lot. I was in his band for many years. Uh, did a lot of records. I'm on a lot of records that some didn't even come out here. Um, just like session work, you mean? Yeah, Michelle's stuff. records. Oh and, yeah, you're on. Um, uh, you're which song? On She's on Earth. Earth, Earth, I'm on and Earth. Earth. Heaven. I'm heaven. on Heaven. Yeah. I love that version of Heaven, by the way. Me too. It's the slowest record I ever recorded in my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> have you have you ever used? You said earlier that you don't categorize yourself as a soul singer, or a jazz singer. So, but you are were a woman of a certain age when you came out, a young woman. Did you ever feel some type of way that? I feel like you just skipped the urban and went right to the urban AC. Yeah, it was you weird. You know what I mean? I think urban had this element of hip-hop that my record didn't express. And I recognized right around 93 or 94, like, okay, if you don't include this, you're going to get left in the vortex of the mid-90s, which is Misha Paris, Shanice, yeah. Stephanie Mills, uh, Karen Wheeler. Freddie there were Jackson, a lot of women, a lot of women and men. Real RB. Yeah, mm -hmm. that just kind of, kind of got lost in this vortex. And but it's so weird now because now I think today we're longing for RB oh, I mean, without a hip hop without influence. without any. <laughs> yeah, you know. It's interesting though. I mean, I don't know what is R and B right now. I don't really get it in terms of what's new ish R and B. I'm down for it. Whatever you know, people just make your music and do whatever you're gonna do, but. It's interesting to me, someone suggested to me that if you are like Sid from the internet or SZA or Childish Gambino, there is a there is a community of that rhythm and blues music that I can identify looking at it. Mm -hmm. Like you may have tattoos, you may have uh, big hair, you may, I mean, there's a whole yeah. entity of it. If you're looking at a person like me that's 
sort of considered adult contemporary or black adult contemporary. There's like me, Lettucey, who else? Jill. Jill, not really, but sorta. Not really. I don't think so. I think Jill is in a in a different stratosphere because she's also like a movie star. I'm talking about in terms of what's on the radio playing. Right. She plays on different types of stations. Okay. If you are a black female and you didn't get in that entry point with hip hop and you're not under 30, there is a chasm which is like R&B and Dusties. Nah, you know, I, I feel you. Yeah. Do you, you know? so do you feel nice shout she reminds me something right, like that. Absolutely. Like Lisa, yeah. yeah. Well not do you feel a certain way, but obviously, you know, it has to be weird for you to see maybe a figure like Adele um being able to pull these rabbits out of the hat. Um not doing R and B, whatever, but right. you know, like Stephanie her voice is her voice is celebrated for Yeah. That sort of thing. But it's interesting. It's it has always been that way. Let's not get it twisted. It has always been that way. The only thing that killed me was who gets two chances at the Grammys? That oh. must be nice to be afforded that. <laughs> <laughs> because, wow. Oh, yeah. yeah. The performance. The, the George yeah. Michael tribute. Yeah. yeah. That is something. Yo, listen. Yo, listen. Yeah. Yeah. If, you, for, if you do not follow, listen, man. Layla Hathaway is... A great follow on Twitter. I'm follow doing her it right now because I ain't. Dude, look, if you telling the truth, it was Layla, one of the Grammy. Her. I think it was the Grammys or something. She tweeted something. She was like, "Why is Fifth Harmony? Harmony yes, oh. why is Fifth Harmony five That's girls right. singing three part harmony? harmony? <laughs> That's right. Oh, nigga, I was there for that. I fucking hot. I said, <laughs> and the thing is, you can talk your shit because it's like. Ain't none of you bitches going to say But honestly, I had, check me, I had honest questions. And you know me, so you know for me to say Fifth Harmony, Four Girls, Three Part Harmony, discuss. It don't mean nothing to me. I don't have anything against those women. I don't have anything against those young women. I forgot, I forgot that went down. And, and, and their, their minions yeah, were so upset. Oh, words? I didn't see that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yo. Yeah. It, it was little newsworthy. It, it got, ah. I mean, yeah. It went, it went on like a couple little blogs. And one of my singers was like, okay, let me let you know. First, there were five girls. They got rid of one girl. And, da, 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 da. Right. and I was like, oh, okay, now I get it. I don't I don't know but who did, they are at did, all. And any of those Twitterers, the Twitter thugs say, bitch, you can't sing anyway. Yes, I get a lot. I get what? a lot of, I mean. Who is you? <laughs> Dude. Uh, it's more like, oh, my God, who are you anyway? You know, people really try to make me feel like, ooh, you shady. Like, normally I'm telling the truth. Truth, right. yeah, truth. Yeah. You yeah. know, nobody gets two chances on the Grammys. That's the truth. Adele is great. I don't have anything against her. She's doing her music, and God bless her. But who the fuck gets two chances on network TV? Start this over, y'all. Yeah. Just, just, nah, start just start over. over. And, and you needed two chances last year, too. <laughs> so you got four chances. Yeah. Wait. <laughs> I don't remember Explain that. this to me. So when the first year she did, um, she did... Um, Hello. She turned to hello and like she boy her voice cracked. Well, no, her, well, first she was like in the wrong. Key. She was like, in the wrong key. Neil she was in the wrong key. Hello here. He recorded hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> on, on the jazz. Hello. Room. I'm serious. <laughs> that happened in this room. And love on the rocks, and we're coming to America. You know what? <laughs> okay. Shit was Wait yeah. a minute. This yeah, is shit. weird. I was okay being at the Grammys. And being backstage, I didn't watch it. What happened? 
she she started hello and was just in the completely wrong key. Yeah. And so then she like apologized for it, right? She was like, I don't I can't know what hear. happened. She it was, was like, very I bad. Hear. I couldn't hear, yeah, you know, it was whatever. Very bad. So she stopped it on national TV? No, yeah. no, that was the first year. That was the first year she first just year did hello. First year she just sang it terribly. And it was bad. So second second year. year it was the George Michael tribute and they had her doing fast love. Yeah. yeah. Which is like the I'm like, why, why are y'all doing that? And it that was the one she wanted to do. Oh, you know, but but in addition to that, they're playing the tonic. Yeah. Here's your key. Yeah. They're playing it, and they were doing it in like a, a different note. arrangement. Yeah. Like it, it was. It was, it was a slow it was a dirge slow, like like arrangement. It was. was it was a bad idea. It was a bad idea from the jump. It was. It was all bad. And, and she just fucked up. And good for her for saying no. Fuck this. I'm gonna do this right. I'm starting over. Start over. But God bless America that you get that opportunity. <laughs> and Britain and too. she's British. Yeah. yeah. Yes. You know? Because Frank Ocean did not get not Ooh. another opportunity. Hey, ever, understand? Ever, ever I don't think life. that nigga got another invitation to got no if, if he had said, let me start over, you what? think that'd let him? No. Right. Well, they would have had to reset point, all, right? the all the footage. <laughs> they like, nigga, we ain't, uh-uh. My, yeah. my quick time file say you got 30 more seconds. My quick time file. <laughs> <laughs> my quick <laughs> Better sing that shit out. Yeah. I get tired of uh, singers that are not great. That's just my, I'm, call it what you want. I just get tired of that shit. So who's, dang, who's great anymore? Like, I can only take That's so much question. of whisper singing. Yes, the whisper singing is annoying, and um, children of Aaliyah. Yes, the no. ch- the daughters of Aaliyah. They yeah, are nah, the they daughters are. of Aaliyah. Yeah. yeah. Well, I thank God for Jasmine. I'm gonna just that's yeah. all I can think. And about. you don't have to be all with the big with the rah rah, right, but right. singing key. Mm-hmm. You know sing the melody. If there are four of you, just somebody step out and sing another note. <laughs> because can I ask y'all a question? As singers, I really don't know. Um, and I, this is not a shameful question, but people yeah, right. like it isn't. But people like Sid and her and uh, SZA, would we call them singers? Like I think Sid. Well, personally, for me, Sid has improved a lot over Absolutely. the years. And like her new record, if you listen to the way she's singing now. To me, she sings with a lot more confidence. Like, and, even, and I would put her like with Sade, with Michael Franks. Wow. She's like the type okay. of singer that sings her material really Yo, well. You exactly. don't want her at Yo, the club Michael covering. Yo. You don't want her covering Long Walk by Jill Scott. Wait, you know what I mean? You, you guys can't. You're listening to this podcast. But the look on Bill's face right now <laughs> is right. like. <laughs> you compare Sade to see <laughs> No, I no, mean, no, 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 not. But not, just using, I know what you're yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah. Sade just, is just not like in the a, same sentence is kind of offensive to me. But I that's saw. Well, no, Sade is not like just a virtuoso, like, <laughs> Bill's had singer. it out for Sid because of Jay Davey never getting their props. So Aww. Sid will never. It's a long list, Bill. Hmm? It's a long list that got on the Jay Davey, you know, train. So. I like her vibe. I like, I like when she sings what she's written. I like her. You know what I mean? I love Sid. I like yeah. Sid, yeah, nah, Sid is dope. She's sweetheart. Yeah, I'm sure she's nice. But yeah, I was always. But I who else did you say? SZA and her. SZA is a singer. I think it's an interesting time now because a lot of people really exemplify their time, mm. and that is an art in itself. If you're gonna write, you know, if your whole if your whole steez is like the accent and the thing and the uh, the repetitive notes, like to me, it's math and science. But she understands what that is. This is she's of she her time. She knows her parameters. Yeah, and... she's of her time. So um, yeah, I would definitely. I like her a lot of the stuff on her record. So how can you? Because I feel like 
you judge singers, I mean, the way that I would judge beat makers, like I know based on certain drum patches or certain small, just small things that the maybe light ear would totally get like, okay, I don't see what makes right. this guy so great that you think is, you know, that sort of thing. Right. So are you one of those, I can tell in eight seconds if you can sing? Yes. I can tell looking at you if you can say. Oh, Whoa, God. Wow. Oh, oh, I want to know how you and your, that shocker <laughs> yeah, conversation. I feel so naked right now. When you say you tell look at somebody, how can you tell? What are, I can, what are the I tells? can generally glean from a person what their voice sounds like looking at them. Okay. Like if I walk into a room and look at everybody and take it in, and then one of them calls me on the phone, I can tell which one of them called me on the phone. Oh, wow. That is okay. scary. Wow. It just seems supernatural to me, though. You know what I mean? It's not like a get. It's a thing. It's just, it's just that's the way my ear is. So what about old girl who was on Britain's Got Talent? Whatever. Like everyone looked Susan at Boyle. Oh. Yeah, like so. Who? You get Susan, Susan Boyle. Boyle, the white woman from like oh. Jack, well, how long? She like just 10 years ago. She looked crazy, and then like I then can't, she sang. I can't call it. Like, normal. I can't call it, but you know, I would imagine. I I can't say because I've seen her and heard her. So just based on looking at us, you could tell who has an, a voice. I have an idea of what your voices sound like. It may be wrong, but I definitely associate you with I a sound. I think you're full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> that was not me. <laughs> All right, y'all. You know what season it is. Tis the season for spring breaking and planning our summer travel. And if you're like me, you're already in your Airbnb app trying to find which spot is right for you. Now, listen, while I'm looking to spend all this money, what I'm not doing is thinking about making money with Airbnb. See, you got to change your mind state. Make the money while you're spending the money. How, you say, Laia, do I make the money? Well, you host at your house. And I know what you're thinking. I mean, my whole house? Uh, Well, no, you don't have to do your whole house. I mean, you could do a room or, you know, do the whole house. So make some money while you're spending some money this summer. I'm trying to tell you, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. 
I actually looked at you though. Yeah, I know. That's why I said. <laughs> but guys, didn't um, Shaka say that she does something similar to this? And then she tests people in their face. I, that's what I was wondering. I was like, have you ever had a conversation? No, Shaka? Shaka never said that. She could just look at someone and see if you could sing or not. Yeah, like, Shaka was more like she. If someone tells her that they're a singer, she like sing, bitch, sing right now. Like that's. Oh yeah, thing. I don't do that. Are you? Yeah, yeah. like it's. Mm-mm. That's it, a cold thing. Like that's like a that you could go down in flames like that. I never want to make anybody feel bad about anything. Do people come up to you and like, I yes. sing can I little... sing for you? Or or this happens all the time. I sound just like your father. Uh-uh. <laughs> and I'm like, you probably don't. We're flying How do you why did you do that one? <laughs> yeah, why did you do that one, Fonte? <laughs> Oh God! For real. I love that song. That's more, my more of that later. <laughs> Me too. Oh, so, so I'm thinking. So I'm trying to remember. So your, you, it was ten records. No, you said it was ten years between the second yeah. album and then, the third. And the third album. In that time, I made a record with Joe Sample. Yeah, yeah. And that's a duets record. Okay, okay. How did um, how did that come about? Had y'all? How did y'all first? I had been come playing with him you? since like '92 or three with Marcus Miller. Okay. And we were in Japan. We were at the Blue Note and we were having dinner one night. And I said, Joe, we should make a record. He said, Girl, we should. Let's do it when we get home. <laughs> do y'all, any of y'all know Joe Sample? Yes, yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. come on. Not, not I mean, no, not him. In person, he, no. no, not yes. personally, no. He was like one of the funniest, realest people I have ever met in my entire life. Wow. And we got back and we made that record. Um, I went in and sang with them, with the band, for like the first day so that they could get everything done and I realized every time Joe would change the time or something would happen like I was getting tired so I said let me just if you pick your tempos I'll just sing everything and you have it to play to and then I went in on the following Monday with Al Schmidt and just sang the record down so the whole record is all just one singing down oh wow doesn't that damage your voice though after a while what you mean you're saying that you just did the entire record in one setting yeah, no, it's like singing five songs. It's like a sh- half a show. Oh, okay. Um, you you mentioned those Japan Blue Note runs. I got to ask, uh, was it two or three shows a day? Two. Who does three shows a day? Neil fucking Diamond. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I wasn't queued up, Steve. <laughs> three Man. shows a day is a whole lot. I've only done that once. Well, I was going to say that during, during that Japan run, like, Getting your sleep and it's hard adjusting, but always that after that first show and that wait and time eat, in between and shows, you eat, they have the food for you. Then yeah. you got the itis on top. Everyone's of Everyone sleeping on those couches over there. Yeah, yes, that's and a then, hard. One. And then it's they hard. wake you up to do the second show. It's very hard. Uh, yo, do you when, feel like when you're at the Blue Note or when you're in Japan? When I feel like I'm in Japan, the entire country feels like a recording studio to me. It's tight. Oh, yes. like sound is tight. <laughs> yes. it's, it's literally like the sound in the streets is kind of dead to me. So when I'm in a space, very quiet. I feel like I'm in a recording studio. Including the toilet. Yes. It's true. <laughs> yes. With the babbling yeah. brook playing. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. This uh, Can I ask you about the Joe Sample album? Because it's funny. It was one of my favorites, but I wanted to ask you about the, the photo that you guys have on the cover. Because it all, it's, it's, I don't know it's very endearing and sweet, but I figured like, what did y'all? How did y'all decide that this is what we're going to do? This is exactly the cover. The man said, "Whisper in his ear like you're telling him something," and I said, "All right, Joe, I'm telling you something." 
And he said, don't stick your tongue in my ear, girl. <laughs> <laughs> and that is exactly the photo wow. that's, that's wow. on that record. Y'all look like family. He, he was a crazy person. <laughs> <laughs> One of the greatest storytellers I've ever met. I would sit at his knee and just listen to him talk. Marcus Miller is the same way. But Joe used to tell these stories about, you know, being in the Fifth Ward, being uh, stopped by police on the way to a gig and everybody being made to get out on the street and play their instruments. And because he played the piano. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm like, damn. They would make him dance. What? You understand? So Fifth Ward, that's Houston? He's Mm -hmm. from Houston? Okay. Yeah. Who knew Joe Sample was from the Fifth Ward? Yeah, I didn't know. I had no idea. I always just associated him with L.A. No. Wow. That's dope. Did you have any issues in your evolution of your look? Oh, yeah. In the beginning, you know, the hair was different. The hair was different. It was a weevilicious time in the 90s. <laughs> everybody had to weave. And I wanted locks. And everybody said, you can't have locks because that's not, that's not what they do. What? That was a big deal. When was that? Like when yeah, you first felt? He had a salty care? thing going on outrun the sky, though. Yeah, I mean, I, I literally, for that record, I looked like that. For about a half an hour, and then so went back with. back to my regular <laughs> shit. Um, that girl shit, all day. <laughs> you know, she cleans up well. I don't know. I think I think it's at certain points there was a lot of <clears throat> excuse me confusion about what to do with me. Like this girl is first of all she reads books and she likes jazz, and I would get in these conversations where I'm going on. Um, I'm going on BET to talk to Donnie Simpson and he's going to ask you who you like. Now, we know that you like Train and Wayne and you like, you know, Bud Powell. You can't say that. Just say SWV, thank you. Yeah, right, please, right. you got to say Luther Vandross, you got to say Jodeci, you got to say, you know, I had a whole little Wait, you had a, the, 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 not the trainers, the, the, coach. the little media, media coach. Yeah. Media coach. Deanna. Media. Wait, Deanna? <laughs> yeah, that's how long I've been in this business. Wait, that, you know? was it Deanna? Was it? No, no, no. Y'all, oh, y'all just know that's my Yes, problem. yes. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, they coach you. They don't want you to, you know, they don't want you to look like you know too much. Damn. So do you feel that when you got to Outrun the Sky, that was the moment where you actually took control of? In a way, yeah. I had been signed to a label called Mojazz. Yeah, that was Motown. Uh, Wayman T- was Wayman Well, Wayman Tisdale was, was on that label, yeah. yeah. And, it was um, a Motown subsidiary. Yeah. They, we made a whole record, and then the label just folded. And I was like, shit. No jazz. No jazz. And then I took some of that stuff and moved into the next record, which was Outrun the Sky. And I felt like at that point, like, oh, okay, I'm starting to marry the things that I want to do. Because in the 90s, I would listen to, like, Mary records and Faith records, and I would think, how come the people don't bring me those types of records? How come people don't bring me the beats? How come I want to dance? I, like, I play video games, and I ride a skateboard, and I got a truck with a subwoofer that lights up pink. Why don't I get these? Why don't I get this really interaction from people? Yeah. Adult contemporary. Yeah, because because people... <laughs> Where you been all my life? Had a perception. I've been telling you forever we got to make a country you record. Scared. You was traumatized. <laughs> was traumatized. <laughs> so the biggest, the biggest ache for me in this industry is kind of like, oh my God, I love you. I really want to work with you. And then nothing. Nothing. Who is that in your mind? Everybody. Everyone. Yeah, I, I can relate. Really? Yeah. Relate. Everyone. Almost everyone. And, and honestly, Why you keep looking at me like you? Oh, because in my mind, I just know that you know who she's speaking about specifically, not that she was talking about you. 
You just want to throw me under the bus somewhere. No, no, no. Because in my mind, I'm like, is she talking about Pharrell? No, no, because about... I got to work with Pharrell. Right. He's, That's right. You did. We're still supposed to make a record, exactly. you know. And and the first cat that actually said, I really want to work with you and really did it was Mike City. Oh. Mike City came to a show and was in, in the back of the room like, sing, I'm coming back. He was heckling me. He said, I want to get you in the with clubs, requests. Layla. Yeah. I want, to, I, want, I want to get you on the radio, Layla. I want to do this for you. And we started writing together. So he's one of those cats that showed up. But I mean, the actual love that I get from people, people say, do you feel like you're um, underrated? And I feel like, no, I'm super highly fucking rated. I'm highly <laughs> would rated. You, would you just say underappreciated then? Under, underheard, underserved, maybe. I'm super appreciated You're like the well. uh, black thought of... I'm like a secret in a lot of, you know. She probably is. Right, like the singer's favorite singer. Yeah. Or the Maybe. singer's singer's favorite singer. Yeah. Or the jazz singer's favorite no. singer. Anyway. I really wanted her ad libs over the joy. <laughs> so like with the new record with um with well, oh well, before we get to the new record. Wait. Go ahead. Oh, well, Go ahead. I wanted to ask you about the 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 Daughters of Soul tour. What was that experience like? It was cool. Uh, Sandra St. Victor put that together, who used to be the lead of the family stand. Absolutely. It was me, uh, Indira Khan, um, Nina Simone's daughter. Um, Simone. Yes. Um, Joyce Kennedy, I want to call her Lisa. Yeah, Joyce Kennedy, um, Nona Hendrix. Joyce do uh, Love Changes? Yes. She, I mean, it was killer. We did, it was a really short run, but we were in Europe, so we were really, it was a really beautiful time. Um, we tried to get it booted back up, and it's so hard to sell anything of quality in the United States that is, you know, it's a hard sell. But um, that was a, a really good time for me, because I wasn't on the road a lot. We would go do, like, the Pori Jazz Festival, and they would come take our picture and put it in a museum. You know, it was a really good time, and... Um, playing with those people was really great. Do you, okay, do you have, do you have a tribe or are you yes. this lone oasis? I'm a lone wolf. <laughs> but, because I, I, I feel that the only, the only true way to sell product is either through the controversial means of which, you know, the, the public wants blood and, Right. Is thirsty for, you know, curious about whatever a backstory, right? Or, kind of a, a a tribe association. Yeah, I mean, if you take Kendrick's current situation, I mean, time nine times out of ten, if you see a TDE associated, you know, act or whatever, you'll at least peep it for three seconds on the internet yeah. to see you if get you, you get what not. that association is. Yeah. Right. So, um. Is it hard to start a community of of people to gather eight or nine of you? Especially when, you know, I I would I'm not saying that it would be intimidating, but I think that what you bring to the table, and I'm not I don't even mean like your lineage, but you know, there's in my mind it's just like no bullshitting. And I almost feel not unworthy, but <laughs> I I know. I, I know you're like, I'm here, so this crazy. is some bullshit you say. No, no, no. But I'm just saying that a lot of times, a lot of my Eureka 
arrival moments comes at the the from a place where a lot of mistakes have to be made before. I understand. I'm like, ah, this is what I'm bringing to the table. Right. Where I just feel like, you know, you could start singing Mary Had a Little Lamb right now and this shit would be spot on <laughs> bullseye. You know what? I feel like I have a tribe. It's interesting because what people perceive of me is kind of like this jazz urban adult contemporary so type singer <laughs> that is that is a part of who I am but my tribe is like Robert Glasper like I'm on the Kendrick to pimp a butterfly like they sample one of my entire songs for that record um I did a session three weeks ago with quick I did a session with Battle Cat and Exhibit two weeks ago I wow. I I work with Terrace Martin I, I find that I have this initiative called Real Music Rebels I'm generally kind of the only female in a collective if I find myself in a collective. There are other women like me. Um, but I find that if you are a musician that has a sort of education in that field and you you play jazz and you play pop and you play... Like, Glasper is somebody I completely relate to. You know, I feel like I can go with him. equally crazy. That is true as well. <laughs> He's crazier than I am. But I mean, either one of us could go to any set on any bandstand and blend in or stick out. You know, I'm just prepared as a musician to ex ex experience like what that means. Like to come on and play with you guys, it's not even fair because, you know, it's bumpers and that's kind of, you know, mm -hmm. I take advantage of it in the room when we rehearse. Like, OK, let me just breathe it in. I'm super into music. I'm going to I'm going to make a record with Nancy Wilson. And a record with Kendrick Lamar. No, I already made a record with Nancy Wilson. I'm saying last year. What was that like? Yes, we haven't even she seen was, her. She was not there. But the record uh -huh. is killer. It's Terry Lynn Carrington's record, um, which is called, um, I can't bring it to my mind right now. I'm saying over the course of a year, for me, that's making a record with Nancy and with Kendrick and with Quick and Snoop and then with Vince Mendoza and then maybe with Anita Baker and then, you know, I'm all over the place in terms of what I can do. When's this Nancy Wilson project coming up? It's not a project. It's it's Terry Lynn Carrington's record. Um, are you, are you looking it up? Yes. The drummer. Drummer. That's what I thought. Yes. Back from Arsenio. Okay. Yeah, yeah. She's a she's a producer. She's bigger than that now, but I'm just giving folks. Yeah, but she she that was she, like saying Michael Jordan, the actor from uh, Space, Space Jam. Jam. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> hey guys, no, it's all right. For civilians. She no, she made a record that featured me and Lettucey and and Natalie Cole and Shaka Khan and um, Liz Wright and it's a great record. And Nancy Wilson was on that record and and I I crafted some padding around her vocal, which is for me that's everything. I love Nancy Wilson. You know, side Nancy Wilson Wilson's story. So this is us on tour with Lauren Hill back in like '99 and. Lauren Hill is like towards the end of the end of the set. It's like a big ass moss pit right in front of the stage. And she's doing the encore. Like everything is everything. And then uh mid verse. She said, Whoa, whoa, stop the song. Stop the song. Stop, 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 stop. So we got hang on. She's like she looks in the mosh pit. She's like, Nancy Wilson? In the mosh pit? Why are you in the mosh pit? <laughs> she was like oh. she was she was just in the middle, like it was just like some smells like Teen Spirit shit. Like Nancy Wilson oh, was crazy. in the that middle of. She's of, another great storyteller. Oh man, Nancy Wilson. 
Yeah. I feel like we just haven't seen her a lot lately. Yeah. She and doesn't I, go out I a lot. I was worried. Last so. time I saw her, she told me, she said, I'm, I'm not going to be doing this much longer. Oh, wow. We got to She's just, she's, yeah. she's, re- she's comfortable and she's happy and she's with her family and she's good. She just ain't making records right now. And, and Terry recorded her for that record and I wanted to just add some color for her, you know, mm. kind of breathe it, you know, it's cool. That's what's up. Uh, I always wanted to ask you about your record, the Where It All Begins record with Ernie G. Hmm. What's what was that like? I because I love that song. Like I love that song. You know, I, mean, who, I love the album, but thank I'm you. That I love that song, song too. Um, Bobby Sparks brought me that song. Ah, okay. And the moment I heard it, I was like, "Oh my god!" That 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 whole bass line, the movement of that record. Sometimes I put it on, it makes me very happy. I still have not met him. Oh, so you you and Ernie y'all were face to face out there. Oh no. wow. Y'all foreign exchanged it. <laughs> Damn. Okay. He he sent he gave Bobby that record and said, get this record to her. And then I wrote the lyric and the melody and everything and recorded it. Oh, okay. So in the studio, who's your who's your right ear, so to speak? Like, I mean you clearly if you're with an engineer, do you have someone that's like, okay, maybe you can do that again better or like who who gives you feedback during your sessions? Whomever I'm working with, you know, I keep it like a tight circle. I I ultimately am harder on myself than anyone will ever be. Um, a lot of times, if I'm working on my own stuff, it's hard because when I go to work with people, which happens a lot, I'll sing it once and they and won't like, let me. It. They won't yeah. let me go again. And I'm like, you don't discover anything like that, you know. I I appreciate the fact that um, it's whatever is on the top of your head. You know, and it's the spontaneity of it, and it's exciting for me to go into a session and not know what's going to happen, and that's what you got. Um, but there are things listening back I wish I had taken a little more time with. So for me, I'm, in my sessions, everybody's allowed to talk. It's all super democratic. Ultimately, I am going to be like, okay, that wasn't, that's that was terrible. What was that? And what is it that you, what you're listening for? Like, what it... Because I'm trying to imagine, what does a terrible Layla Hathaway take sound like? Oh, it could be cracky. It could be just clams floating out. It could be the color is wrong. For me, it's about color a lot of times, you know. Or that didn't taste right happening. (laughs) Or, you know, let me just make that prettier or any number of things. Do you have like physical rituals and fun warm-ups? No. Not even the fun... Wait, you don't do the Seth Riggs warm-up thing? Sometimes I do with my singers. Like if they're doing it, I'll do it with them. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But not really. So it's not necessary to warm up your voice? No. I think it is, but I talk all day. So Yeah, I was going to say, I get the feeling there's there's two types of singers I know. Like the, the... the rigorous exercise, like the per, quote professional singers that do all that, and then there's the singers that talk and sing twenty four seven to themselves. Are you one of these in public? And I don't mean like in public, like in a fame way, breakout and song thing. No. But like no. when you're home alone, are you talking to yourself? Are you? No, not really. Not out loud. My voice is always in some sort of state of warmth because of the quality of my voice. So I recognize that even when it's cold, like right now it's cold, and if I sang, it would sound okay on the okay scale. It would not sound okay to me. Where we are right now is cold to you? 
like my voice would be cold. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because I haven't sang and I'm sitting here on the mic and it doesn't sound necessarily. My speaking voice to me is super annoying. It's like a weird mirror <laughs> that is like you're looking at really close. Really? You know? Yeah. You have a very sultry speaking. Every well, yeah. I know, but speaking. I, I wonder. Here's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all, you know what season it is. Tis the season for spring breaking and planning our summer travel. And if you're like me, you're already in your Airbnb app trying to find which spot is right for you. Now, listen, while I'm looking to spend all this money, what I'm not doing is thinking about making money with Airbnb. See, you got to change your mind state. Make the money while you're spending the money. How, you say, Laia, do I make the money? Well, you host at your house. And I know what you're thinking. I mean, my whole house? Uh, well, no, you don't have to do your whole house. I mean, you could do a room or, you know, do the whole house. So make some money while you're spending some money this summer. I'm trying to tell you, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including... Actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. I was like, I wonder if Layla's trying to nerd up her. No, uh, this is me. Her sultry voice. This is super me. But regular. you're like the thin line between a Poindexter voice and it's crazy. A very. It uh, is, I imagine your your phone, your nighttime phone voice is on some. It's next shit. It's regular. My morning phone voice is definitely Suzanne Plachette all day. <laughs> the references all day, all day. Bob. <laughs> It's very low. My voice is just really low by nature. Mm-hmm. And I practice kind of talking up higher. I got intimidated at some point, like, girls don't talk like that. And I started sort of trying to lift it up and make it bubblier and more, you know, That's make myself more appropriate. I think that you're on the Kathleen Turner, very soldier. <laughs> <laughs> Via Warshawski. Yeah, He's dumb. <laughs> Man. Well, wait, speaking of where it all begins, Steve, you, you should note that she worked with Phil Ramone. I did. Could you, what was, he's awesome. I loved him so much. He produced something for you? Yeah. Well, we did this thing, um, when we worked on that record, we had 
a live, we had a chance to go into Capitol live and record in the A room and it was going to be Al Schmidt and Phil Ramone. So I got to record four of my records with them that day. Um, And it was awesome because basically he just walked around and smiled and (laughs) was magnanimous and made jokes and he's really cool. Yeah, he's I'm sorry. Oh, no. Nah, I just wanted to talk to you about your new record, honestly. Yeah. And the hate. Like, we is there about, hate? Well, what? I mean, we talk, you know, we talk, this is offline, but yeah. um, how I guess a lot of your traditional R&B fans yeah. are like. They mad, though. Mad as hell. And I'm like, what they the mad because there ain't no saxophone on the record and stuff. <laughs> you cussing on the record. <laughs> I cussed on the record. I cussed on Outrun the Sky, too, but they missed that record. Um, you know. People really have come to know that they can come and just suckle on my bosom and I will rock them to sleep and remind them of their mother. You know, Michelle told me, she said, you are my sexy Mahalia. Oh, my God. And I said, that is the worst obtuse, but I get it. I get it. I get that there is something in me that for people is provocative, but it's also genetic, like a genetic soulful memory of their mother I understand that wait because <laughs> I know it's coming <laughs> I want a suckle I, I want a suckle I'm sorry I knew it was coming I just I'm sorry press the trigger before you even got to say it hilarious uh, okay. I want a suckle <laughs> Man, something about the word suckle I want a suckle I want a suckle But I really like the new record though. I think it's dope. I like that it's and I mean we I've texted you all the shit before, but no, I like that um you that you're not you play a lot younger than you are, I think. You know what I'm saying? What I mean by that is just like I think a lot of times she's twenty three instead of twenty eight. Yeah, exactly. And I mean right. (laughs) And I mean a lot of times people in the A C or urban contemporary they kind of age themselves too early. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's just like, dude, you, yeah. I look at somebody like Charlie Wilson that can sing over whatever and Absolutely. be timeless. You know Absolutely. what I'm saying? And so the thing that I do like about your record is that you're doing stuff that would be considered young, but you have the flexibility to do it. And the shit is dope. And it, I like, there's only nine songs. Like the shit is yeah, like quick. Direct. I mean, honestly, I started it as an EP and then I thought, oh, we could keep going. And then we just kept going. But the record to me feels like my record's in the 90s. You know, with obvious and you got it going on and the Chucky records and the <laughs> Keith Crouch records. I love those records. So for me, it was about presenting something that was a little bit different, you know. And talk about Tiffany, because I don't really know. Yeah, I've, I'd heard of Tiffany of her, Boucher is a, a young woman, um, producer, songwriter, singer. Um, we did the whole record together. Um, she has records out. She got a new single out right now. Um, and it was exciting to me to work with one person. I didn't know going in that that, that would, um, that's what I was doing. You know, I had never done a record with just one person. Okay. Um, I'm getting ready to start working with a cat named Phil Boudreaux. Oh, what? Come on, man. Do you understand? Do you understand what? how excited I am? Phil is what is Phil? What is Phil, done? Phil is uh, he's one part of a group, uh, AOE, AOE, which is um, him and Dewan Parker. Dewan Parker is a producer, keyboard player. He used to be in Dre's camp, like mm-hmm. back during like the Lost Ones era. I think that's him on Lost Ones. I, I think, but uh, like Lost Ones and um, 
all those records around that, like 07, oh, 08. Oh, Jay-Z lost ones. Jay-Z lost okay. ones. Yeah. I was like, wait a minute, yeah, what? Thinking Lauren yeah, Hill. not Lauryn yeah. Hill. Nah, Jay-Z lost ones. Okay. Um, but yeah, and so they have a group called AOE that is fucking amazing. And Phil also is a producer, trumpet singer, player, trumpet player. Keyboard player. And he's just yeah. fucking stupid. Yeah. That, that EP, I listened to it probably, it, one of them is my, like my wake up alarm. Which one? Never Know Me. Oh my God, yeah. That's, I know, oh. I never go down. Yeah. Adding him to my Pandora right now. This, it's yeah. on AOE. Well, Phil Boudreaux, he has a, a solo album called Ether that's dope, but yeah. just AOE is the uh is the, the group. Yeah. yeah, that's hard to Google. So I'm getting ready yeah. to <laughs> getting ready to work with him. I'm yes. very, very excited about I won't end on that. Something. Uh, some you someone. Something. Come with it. I'm excited. I told him I wanted to record this Dion Warwick record. Which one? Do you know this song? Um in between in your arms and say you, know, you love me. It's on track of the cat. I don't know. It's a um, back rack song. Um, and say you love. It is a beautiful record, and I can't wait to record it. I get excited like by songs. Yeah, Never Know. It's funny you mention that because Never Know Me, I told him that that reminded me of a back rack kind of melody. It yeah. is gorgeous, isn't yeah. it? It's kind of like a Willy Wonka melody as well. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's kind of like that record, Imagination, in a way. Oh my God! That's Willy a Wonka. it's a it's a killer it's a killer record. That's what I wouldn't pick your brain on just quirky shit. I feel like you're the person that like probably knows like Marlo Thomas is free to be you and me like oh, back and forth. I had it's that all record. right to cry. I had to sing that shit. <laughs> It might and make you, you feel, feel better. better. <laughs> <laughs> I had to say wow. that in fourth grade. <laughs> wow. I'm like, I don't want to be the one. Wow. I haven't thought about that in a long time. Yeah, but uh, I mean, what? I never, I, I always wanted to avoid the cliche questions like, what are your desert island discs or whatever, but. What are your desert island video games? Hmm. All right, I'm a Final Fantasy person, but the last episode of Final Fantasy, they fucked it up totally and turned it into like Entourage. Uh, it's like it's like four dudes in a car. So I'm I never got into Final Fantasy. I never got into the RPGs. I'm into the, the Japanese joint. RPGs. Ah, uh, okay. I have no idea what you guys are talking this about. This is video, video games. Oh, no, I knew that. Yeah, Beyond Final that, Fantasy that phrasing, it. I was just saying. That's I just got a Switch. That's pretty fun. I was looking at the Switch, but I was like, I ain't. I, ain't I mean, know. those little Nintendo. remotes, they're yeah. like, are you still, they are like are you still caping for a Switch? I got my right here. Oh, that's what that was? Yeah. I was like, why are you carrying a Mario Brother purse? I mean, I, <laughs> I, well, when I saw it for my kid, when I saw it yesterday, it looked like a, a clutch. The remotes <sighs> are so small. Yeah. They don't make sense. I had to buy the, the Pro Controller. Do you take them off or do you leave yours on? Uh, it depends. Okay. I mean, if I'm doing a handheld. Okay, uh, so I had a handheld game like that before, which was called the Atari Lynx. Yes, yes. I, remember yes. I remember that. I remember that. I remember the Lynx. Oh, I missed that Lynx. Yeah, I remember that. Mm-mm. Oh, so you are you like a, a Mario? What's your see? Y'all, y'all got a break down. I was gonna say, are you the Mario person? Are you the the gun? Like yeah, the fight? I'm all of those things. I mean, you like first person shooters? I like them. I get tired of them. I really miss um, like really good full games with stories. You know what I mean? That's why Not I like just a RPGs. Whole bunch of Have you ever played you The Last of Us? I started it. Oh my god! I got stuck in the warehouse. I never finished it. Yo, you gotta finish. It's like the greatest screenplay. It's yeah. It was better than a lot of movies that came out. Yeah, twenty fourteen. Well, I, I will. That really? shit is. It's, it's, There's man, a two it's now. Two, two is coming. Yeah. Two okay. Is coming. So how do I get back on the bandwagon? Because I'm the guy that actually get a, get has a switch. Get a switch. 
I got like a, 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 a stock of this stuff like sitting in the closet. Never like I'll give it away for Christmas. Yeah. Keep it. I mean, yeah, I mean, I got like <laughs> they're there. I have everything. But I still have everything. I still have can I even cast. get back on the bandwagon? Like, you get back on. I mean, I think. Well, I got a Merlin a last week. A what? A Merlin. Oh, Merlin. Yeah. Remember Merlin? The red, Merlin. The red Merlin. Yeah. yeah. Yo, my friend gave it to me for my birthday. You have a Merlin? Where's Merlin now? He's out on the porch. That's I was right. addicted to that. Blame I have a broken one. Where you been on my life? And what is I, this now? It's a it's a game system. It was a, it's a game system. It looks like a big red phone. Yo, Merlin. Yeah, <laughs> it has See, again, nine. I'm I'm buttons. a seventy one. Were you seventy eight? I'm seventy eight. Yeah. Yeah. There's so that separates it. us. Yeah. Merlin was like. Merlin was like a right thing. after that. You know, right after the like the home, the first home system of yeah. of, of it comes, television. It, of, yeah. It precedes like Simon. It's oh, like yeah. handheld, you know. It's like the first. Uh, yes, remember that? I do not remember. I've never seen this before in my life. Dude, no? <laughs> you have a working Merlin? I do. It works. Yeah. I cannot love you more than this moment right now. You guys now. can come you have a Merlin. You live nearby? I'm about to say, what kind of town you live in? <laughs> I'm over by the airport. I'm like, That's where, do you, where is okay. this Merlin? <laughs> oh, man. My friend gave it to me. It's in mint condition. I need to find it. I need to Google it. That person loves you to. Death yeah. because good there's one on Amazon right now. Do you remember how much? $69.99. That's cheap. That's it? Mm-hmm. That's cheap. Do you remember the game Einstein? It was like a, it was sort of like, it was Simon, but it yeah. was like what the Jewish parents bought. We couldn't, we couldn't get Simon. <laughs> they didn't want to pay for Simon, so what they got it Einstein. Like? It was like a rectangle and it had four, four, um, you know, pads. Square pads. Wait, yeah. is this mm-hmm. not a joke? No, it's called Einstein. Yeah, seriously. It came out after Simon. It came that. out after Simon. It was like an. Uh, it was like the. It's comp- like an eight person. No, no. Well, oh, that's super Simon. Just four things. I remember that one. Yeah, well, I have- <laughs> everyone had Simon. I had Einstein. Yeah, yeah, End of story. Yes. yes. <laughs> did you ever get into? Uh, did you ever play Doom? You were you were Doom no, fan. No, I get my eyes were like okay. I need people in the scenes. <laughs> I don't, don't want to be. You know, I will play Call of Duty now, but generally I'm gonna get into a group and listen to everyone cussing. And then hide in the corner and pick people off at the ankles. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah, so yeah. for me, the, the shooters are like, I get bored fast. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So Final Fantasy and then what else? What else do you like to play? Mario, Zelda, you know, all okay, the Okay, now old, you're talking what I know. Yes, okay, Mario, yes. Zelda, Donkey Kong, all of those. But I also like love Halo and, oh, so you, like, okay. you know, I like a lot of Destiny? the original did games. Like, I didn't like Destiny. I wasn't into Destiny. My I tried. Son loved it. I, I tried. It. It's not, it, it it passed over. Our, it's not for us. What's that video game they made a movie out of? I just watched it on AB. Uh, it's been quite a few. a lot of them. Seriously? Like Mortal Battle? Kombat, like Ratchet uh, and Clank? Oh, no, no, no. Kombat, Street more Fighter. Recent, more, no. Ratchet and Clank. No, it was like a whole oh. dragon. So even for Mortal Kombat, you would know the codes for like all the fatalities and. Babalities. Ba- yeah, they Babality. There's a Babality? Yeah. yeah, you, yeah. Turn, you turn him into a baby. Toasty. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the new Mortal Kombat now is like super fucking raw now. Like, this yeah. shit is super graphic. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the way they snapped the heart out must be like real crazy. I mean, now, it's, we it's like... the slow motion pan into the yeah. jaw breaking. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Come here. Get over it. All right, so you're a gamer. What else do you do? Um, I have a dog. Okay. Um, do you love you know, this dog? I do. His name is Boston. What kind of dog? He's a Bichon. Because of night? Huh? A what? A Bichon. 
That's like a black name. What's a, a Bichon? <laughs> a Bichon Frise. He's like one of those dogs that was bred to entertain in the circus. They have the fluffy little afro, the white dog with the fluffy afro. Do you carry it in a Louis bag? No, he's big and okay. he's he doesn't look like that. He's he's super scrappy. Oh, okay. And his name is Boston. Boston. Oh, Boston. Oh, I thought his name was Bichon. I'm no. sure that's the type. <laughs> no. And you know I'm DJing now. I'm trying. Talk about it. Wait a minute. I'm really? trying. And I had I had a birthday party a couple weeks ago and then Battle Cat showed up and I was like, I'll just wait till you finish. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just wait. Who well, I'm, I'm certain that you can curate music as good as you sing it, and you I have hope. rhythm. Thank and you stuff. from your lips. I hope. What's interesting to me is to look at two records now that in my head before, like, ooh, if I had like a, a yeah. if I if I had a Janet Jackson acapella for when I think of you, could I put it over? Anything on the Weather Report 830 records? Like, how, can I, how can I, what can I do? Wait, was that you that told me the greatest Theo Parrish? Yeah, well, he did a Return to Forever. He played something from, he played this 14-minute Return to Forever song and came out of it and, and it worked. Central Heating by Cold, by, Cold Heat Wave? Play, by Heat Wave. Wow. And it worked? And it worked. Like, it was just the most cathartic experience because it's like 14 minutes of just fucking chaos. And then all of a sudden, and it's like, oh yes. shit! Yes, I love those moments. <laughs> that was that shit was wild. I would never try that. That's a holy grail moment for a DJ. No, I, I think the art of DJing really is, and you know, like parents sort of ask me now, and, and, you know, it's like there's a generation of, of button presser kids or whatever. So I don't know if I should enable them and just you know cre- start creating a generation of DJs that I'm going to hate once they turn 20. I understand. It's going to happen whether you do it or not. Right. But the thing is is that I tell them that above all else one you should really love music. Yeah. That's that's the it's number your whole one impetus. Yeah, and I think that the art of DJing really is knowing or at least having a good guess to which for any song you play there should be five songs that can right. perfectly. You are exactly right. And you're just playing some sort of psychological. You're playing psychological control with your audience. Absolutely. And and telling them a story along the way, like when we play, we have we you do, sometimes we put Rocket with You in a set, right? So at the end of Rock with You, we play that vamp. We stay there. Right. And then I sing like 15 Michael songs over that vamp. Right. You know? And, and it works. And maintain the melody just singing it in that, key, in that key. Right. You know? And yeah, you can do it. Okay. Talk, yeah, talk to me about, because we never talk about this. Talk to me about covering, well, I guess recovering. I'm coming back on. Oh, yeah. What was that like to revisit that, you know, 20 years after the fact? I love that record. And I knew going in that it was a song I wanted to record live because the arrangement that we have of it is so different from the other from arrangements. The original, yeah. um, it was just one of those songs I knew, like when we asked people, what do, you, what do you want to hear at the shows? That's the number one record that they want to hear, which is interesting to me because no matter how much people say, you know, maybe picked up the tempo of the show a little and do this and do that. People want to come and be wrung out. And they love that record, and, and so, that was that was never officially a single, right? No, no. That's amazing. No, you know Gary Taylor wrote that song. He's yeah, he wrote uh these whispers and yes, that he yeah. He also wrote um, this song that I demoed that he 
then gave to Anita Baker, which is Good Love. You know that record? Uh, yeah. uh, Giving you the best that I got? Good, good love, love feels like. like. Yeah. Stressed out. So I demoed that record. Stressed out. Stressed out. Right. Thanks for that. Yes. Love. So I demoed that record for Anita. Basically, I did it for my record, and he's like, you know, my, kid, my kids want to go to college. So <laughs> I was like, yes, let's do it. So that was my first kind of sort of interaction with her. I was so excited that when I heard her, she was singing it sort of in the way I was singing You're, it. And I was oh, like, okay. wow, you know. You're, do you have the original? Do you I have do. your copy of it? Mm-hmm. Wow, that in Merlin. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'll Lay be it. over your house yes. at 9 p.m. <laughs> woman. Can you cook too? Yeah, of course. Ooh. What's your go-to dish over there, Layla? You, you know, I will make a chicken real quick. It's, yes. It seems simple, but yeah, I would oh, just hell yeah. I would just make a whole chicken. What's your size, though? Would you, you got some? Size? I might make some greens. You know, I'll, oh, with some turkey in it. You know, okay. Wait, are you hijacking my my dinner date? Were you finding out for me? Oh, yeah, that's what I was doing. No, yes. I don't think you had shit to do with that. Sweet yeah. potato, what you more my, of a new, sweet my potato? thing right now is a pot roast. Like, I'm trying to really perfect a pot it's roast. Roast on. I made my first pot roast. My dude is a super meat and potatoes dude. He's from Nebraska, so. Wait, he's from Nebraska? Yeah, he's from I'm Omaha. Never, wow, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Born and raised. Wait, you said you made a pot roast? Yeah. So, all those posts on Facebook, that was you cooking? Yeah. Oh, I thought nice. you were watching people cook. No, uh, I oh. cook, man. My, my bad. Okay. Damn. It's fun. Now, nah, the, the pot rolls, the crock pot is also a lifesaver, too. Uh, like yeah. You put it on and just I like let the, it I like the that. big Dutch oven. I like to just cook it really slow in there. So, are you satisfied? With life? No, with uh, pot roast. <laughs> <laughs> No, just in in where you are right now. Are you satisfied? Hmm, that's very. I think all artists are insatiable, but yeah. uh, are you? Is there anything left? Or, you know. Oh God, yeah. Well, I mean, okay, that's that's a bad question to ask. Is there anything? Every everyone wants world domination, but kind of like De Niro on Heat, like that whole thirty seconds thing, like yeah. Is there something behind you that makes you want to Lot's wife turn around and just be like, okay, let me, I want a number one pop single or yeah, just. Yeah, fuck yeah. I mean, yeah, I want all that. I want, I want to, um, I want to see what my potential is. Right. I'm on the path. Um, I feel like I'm just like, literally I'm singing for 20 years or 23 years on record and then one day I just sing a chord on a record. What will happen in 20 years from now? Like, I don't know what's going to happen. I really want to realize what I have. And I feel like I'm just at the top of it right no, now. I would, I would agree. You, to me, like, you're one of the few people I know that it seems like, you know, however 20 plus years in, it really does feel like you're just getting started. And I like, feel like that is crazy. Waking yeah. up to you. It is crazy to me. Like, I know a lot of girls went like that and I feel like I'm sort of you know at times it has felt like it ebbed off and then it would creep up a little bit but I feel like I'm on the path I definitely would like the opportunity um there there seems to be a weird like when I go to radio stations or when we do um pitches for tv when we do all this stuff people are always like oh my god we love you I have your record in my car Mm -hmm. I sang your father's song at my father's funeral 
your record and your dad's record got me through divorce. All of these uh, these monumental landmarks that people have me in their life, and it's hard to plug those in in a mainstream way. It's it's a it's a weird situation for me because like I'm from Chicago, they don't really play my records in Chicago on the radio. Whenever I go through Chicago, I make time to go to the radio station and meet everybody. I know everybody. I've sang at everybody's kid's birthday. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like everybody loves me and there's no, you know, I've been seeing these, a so lot of these pe- same people. People like the idea of people Layla Hathaway. People love the concept of it. And but still but yeah, can but you're you? not alone. I, I, I recognize that. Yeah, I I'm recognize like, I, that problem in I Philly. believe, oh yeah, but see the thing is, is as long as you avoid the crazy potholes and you don't seem like a person that I will say that what really truly separates you from a lot of the contemporaries of yours that I personally know in their in personal life, male and female, is you don't seem to have at least on surface, uh any any saboteur kind of spirit about you. You seem rather fearless in your approach to stuff. Mistakes could be made or whatever. Yeah. Let me try this out. Let me try, okay. Let me get with this girl. Let me try Snarky Puppy. Let me go to like you're just you're curious about it and you just with reckless abandonment you just you just indulge yourself in it, which is good because a lot of times, um. A lot of singers I see, they will second guess and talk themselves yeah. out of a good thing and that sort of thing and, and tailspin until, you know, it's 15 years between albums. Yeah. That sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So before I wrap up. Okay. Oh, well, yeah. We talk about your Grammy. Well, you have multiple well, Grammys. Yeah. Singing can, a chord. Can, can, I mean, can, I, can, I, can I make this into my personal therapy moment? Okay. Uh-oh. I'm going to get over this, but it's just her and I in a room right now. One, how long have you had that gift? Since I was probably 12 or 13. That's the thing, though. When I asked you, like, and you're alone and stuff, you, for you to perfect something like that? First of all, it's not perfected. It no, it's in the shower. Or I'm in the shower like, what can I do with it? And okay. I will show it to people. What is this? What can I do with it? And people are like, well... I don't know. It's cool. What can you do with it? And then I did it on a John P. Key record, and he kept it. John P. Key of all things? Yes. <laughs> Wait a minute. Was this during the 10-year hiatus? <laughs> no, this is like 10 years ago. Oh, okay, okay. He kept Crash it. Cuts. I did it as a joke at the end of his record. Do you know Crash Cuts? <laughs> oh, what? my God. John P. Key. 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 Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Ma, 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 ma. <laughs> For being my friend. <laughs> yeah. Wait, I'm putting it out there. If, if anyone knows how we can get to Crash Cuts, I need him on the show. This Levon can't a Crash Cut. <laughs> it's a spirit. Let it modify in your life. He's a truth. Let it modify. He's a lie. Focus on Jesus. Amen. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Just I the just, fact that you mentioned John it. B. Key, yeah. I was like, well, man, you I have to know Levon Crescott. I did it for him, and he kept it, and then people said, you should do it on records. And I said, well, it's not cool on a record, because people can think you manufactured it. Yeah, they it. can't see it. Yeah. So when I do it live for people, and I can do it in key, and it's in context, 
then people see it. But if you ever have watched that video with Snarky Puppy, I am realizing at that moment, oh, I can do this. The first time is whack. Second time I started like, okay, just fucking go for it. The third time it was clean and then they changed keys and then I was able to change with them. I did not know what Corey was going to play. So, so that, can, what is that called? What is that? I don't know. The, it's not called anything. It's funny. People on YouTube like that is the Layla polytonic. Technique. I don't know what yeah, this is. I, was like, yeah. I don't know you anybody else. You patent that shit. I don't know. <laughs> I, I think I have. I have not heard it. So else. is it hard <laughs> to produce on the spot? Like, whist- like whistling on the mic? <laughs> Sometimes it's a fourth. Sometimes I can get a sixth, like a major sixth. Wow. Not that I asked you to do it on the spot. I was just... <laughs> I'm glad you did because I had no idea what y'all were talking about until at the moment. Yeah. Right. It's, it's, it's real ugly man. right Follow now. Along. You don't realize oh, that she can harmonize with herself? Yes, but I didn't know specifically when you were like, what is that that you do right. and you should patent that? I yeah. did not know what you meant. No. Right. Right. And that's and since 12 you've been able to do that. Yeah, in some form. It always just sounded, there are some things I'm working on that when I get them, they're going to be awesome. Like, I'm really working on finding the fundamental note and then working the overtone over that. It sounds like shit right now. But when I can get it, it's going to be killer. I'm still working on those chords. They don't always come out like I like, and they don't always... I'm not in control of the color of it. And right now, I can still only do it or an ooh on ah sound. So, for me, it's not perfected. It's just something I still... I just have in my back pocket that nobody else can do. It's just the way my instrument is set up. The way my instrument is set up. But that's the thing, though. Like, you just did that so effortlessly. But I know you have to have a place of trial and error and experimentation. And where does that happen? Just right, just now. <laughs> I'm, I'm for real you with you. You can do that thing where you go, uh, I can't do it. You know what I'm talking about, though. Do it. What? Like, well, like when you stub your toe, or, or, or when you see something like that. Uh, what? That the, 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 the that that. Oh, thing. The, yeah, that, yeah, thing. That, that one. Yeah. <laughs> Do that. Like that. That's pretty. Chewbacca that's pretty thing? impressive. You got it. <laughs> the Chewbacca thing. I, I think crazy. it's impressive. I, I was being sincere, but I, I knew it, it came off the opposite. But I, oh. I think I can't do that. So I didn't know I could do it till I just tried it. Well, yeah, yeah. I, like I, I'm, I'm trying to learn how to sing overtones right now, right? But this sounds crazy, and everybody can't hear it. So, over, okay, so can so. Like, I, I can hear it in my head. I know you guys can't hear it. I'm only getting a third and a fifth. So I'm working on that. And one day, I'm going to do it somewhere, and it's going to flower into this thing, and people will say, wow. And I'll, they'll be like, when did you work on it? I'll be like, at I'm Quest not Love breathing right now. <laughs> <laughs> can't wow. hear the overtones, though. So You are out of this world. I'm... And and again, not in an alien way or whatever. Just, <laughs> just, not being in black three way. <laughs> <laughs> Simply brilliant. Um, yeah. Can we can we just say we love each other now and we'll just be friends? Sure. Because the last time I saw you, he was weird. You were like you said. Motherfuck- 
We established the game. I'm trying to help her find a word. I'm sorry. You said something, and I said, I thought I told you that. Be-. I said, let's do what? What? What did we cover? Jolene. We covered Jolene. Oh, Jolene with Dolly Parton. Yeah. Oh man. And I said, I've been telling you we should do that. And you said, Yeah, but now we're friends. And I said, I thought we was friends before. <laughs> 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 what I meant was, yes. But one day I'll get over myself and 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 be Not able good. to be in front of your brilliance. Remember and that not time I came out. to see you and D'Angelo in the studio that time? Remember? During the voodoo period? Mm-mm. This was like six, seven years ago. During the voodoo period? No. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all were working, listening to stuff. You don't remember? You have to remind me. It's We were in New York. I came by to hang out. I had my dude with me and my cousin. You guys were working on some stuff, listening to some Michael Jackson stuff. All right. So obviously, I was. They weren't the just. Stems. They weren't working on stuff. They were just listening to. <laughs> <laughs> they were just listening to music. <laughs> just listening to MJ. Oh, at, uh, yes, Steve. yes. At a MSR. At MSR. Like Forty Eighth Street or something like that. I don't remember. Can I just ask y'all the the question that the music fans are thinking right now? Like, is there? Any chance in the future now that we've ironed this shit out that we can get like some Roots Layla shit or some like? Oh my god! I mean, I, I, I just I'm sorry, man. I know you like put on the spot, but I'm like, no. I, listen, I'm I. What I want to make absolutely, positively, ten thousand percent clear mm-hmm. is that I've always loved Layla. Oh Hathaway. yeah, I understand that. Now let's get just, to the work. I need you. Where are you? Listen. Why are you getting all animated? You got a card. Not, yo. Just, <laughs> <laughs> he's like. <laughs> so blackity black, black, black. These are some little tight ass little hits. Appreciate it. We can't get submissions. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously though, the it's fans said that they want, that's what they want. Yes, that's what they say. yes, Especially yes. like on, as you know, right now in the, t- the t- life and times, I just. Feel like there's yeah. just something there. It's so nice to work with a band too. Oh, wouldn't like, it that be never so happens. great? Like it, that, and you need that. Yeah. Okay, she has the job. Like okay. you, you don't have to. <laughs> yes. Anytime. We because will. Y'all yes. let me know. I'm not bullshitting. Yes, I okay. would love to work with Write you. Write it down, Steve. Remember. Let's do it. I, this is a radio show that we're documenting for the world oh, to hear. Okay. It's like we have like <laughs> we can a million listeners right now. Um, yeah, Layla, I thank you so wait, much. Wait, wait, wait. I, thank I, you. I, 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 oh, never mind. My bad. Two questions. It goes so oh. fast, doesn't it? It goes over. It gets over so fast. It's not fair. When it's right. When it's done yeah. right. Yeah. You know? Um, so I hope this question doesn't anger you because I don't know how you feel about this particular record. But your very first single. Anger? Some people don't like talking about their very first records. Okay. So Inside the Beat. Oh. I didn't know this record existed until about like, three hours I. ago. Are you serious? So Inside the Beat was a demo. Really? That we didn't even give that demo to the people to get a deal. So whomever bootlegged that and made it into a single, oh. people come to me and say, I, you know loved you you. It. I loved you since the 80s. And I'm like, well, <laughs> no. I didn't have any records out in the 80s. He was just born. Yeah, that record came out. And then I did a, a Japanese cigarette commercial where I recorded Night and Day. Wow. And they made it into a record. Wow. It's for sale now in Japan. Huh. And it was for a cigarette commercial. And when you buy it. So that explains the cover of it, the It single. doesn't make any sense. Yeah, does it makes it? absolutely no sense. It's just like two random white people. And you know, it's a, it's a Japanese <laughs> like it's Motown, ad. 60s. So it's a dude with a teddy bear and a ham yeah. at a bar smoking a cigarette. Yeah, yeah, so you don't yeah. know what it's for. But that record, I'm just scatting at the end of it a cappella, and they kept it for the record. 
It's a lot of things happening in the 80s, but <laughs> that record is so, uh, that's a funny record to me. Yeah, I have to find that now. Have you ever heard it? I've never heard it. I didn't know it existed until like a couple hours Let ago. Let me just sing you the hook. Inside the beat. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> it's that's crazy. it. It's super that's, disco. That's a jam. I like that. <laughs> I thought it was Marcus and Luther. It's over now. It's super, super disco type. You know, occasionally it, I got throw it into a DJ it's set. It's very eighties. It's super eighties. Okay. Don't judge me when you hear it. I'm gonna love it probably. Yeah. Um, and my final question: um, How did you hook up with Martin Ware and? Ian, the I can't remember his name. The EF people. Yeah, for the. Um, after my first record, I did a lot of records. They were one of the groups of folks that approached me and said, "Hey, can you come and be on a record?" And and Billy Preston was there, and um, we recorded that slide tune. I don't even know. I just got really lucky based on my first record. People came to me that I would not have um, associated with the type of music I was recording. Right. Like Marcus Miller came and I started working with him until now, you know? So I don't know um, how I got so lucky. I just... Because I always thought that was kind of a strange pairing. I mean, it, it, the end result was great, but it, yeah. Yeah, it's not one that I would have thought Like I have a record out now with a cat called Mr. Jukes. You know that record? Mm. I saw um, it. It's a really interesting record. I don't know how this kid knows who I am, <laughs> you know? Uh, he's a huge star somewhere else in the world and I made a record with him and I don't know how that happens. I have lots of records. People say, I have all your albums, even the obscure ones. And I'm like, no, you don't. <laughs> there are records that I'm on in Japanese that only came out like in Fukuoka, wow. like really, you know, so I got, I just keep getting lucky. What's your favorite market to perform? I love Atlanta. I love Tokyo. Um, I haven't been a whole lot of places actually. Um, LA is becoming one of my favorite places to play. It was a hard place to play in the beginning because people would just come sit and look at me. Yeah. Right. You know? Um, but that happens everywhere I go. Like, there's a certain amount of people in the front row that are just kind of like in some sort of weird, I see your father trance, <laughs> you know, which I recognize. Sorry. It's all right. <laughs> how, did the, how did the Mary tour end up going? It was cool. We saw, it was cool. It yeah. was a lot of fun. It was great to be in front of her audience, even though I know that part of that audience is kind of my audience as well. Yeah, yeah. Every night my DJ would say, how many of y'all, this is your first Layla Hathaway show? And a lot of hands went up. And that told me, like, I'm in the right place. You know, I'm getting in front of folks. Getting new fans. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm good. Okay. Um, well, Layla. Anyone? 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 No, I just want to thank you, Layla. Just thank y'all. You I'm Steve honored that you thought of me. Anything else? What was the song we worked on at Electric Lady the first time I met you? It was like a... Was it a Mary J. Blige record? No. You, you, just, yeah, right. uh, you did do that Mary the way. I was either the assistant or the... Which one? What, what Mary was, was I producing Mary J. Blige and Stevie Wonder? No, no, no. It was... I think it, I Was it a once. Christmas song, maybe? Like, was oh, it... The way you dropped that, though. Yeah, that, just, that, that, was, that happened once. Was it... Might have been a cover... Of, of this Christmas. No. For some like. I just did. Some, I just um, did that for Spotify, for the first time. Well, Wait, what year was it? You remember? It would be the late nineties. Something like that. I don't. Or remember. early two thousands. Um, you remember who the session was with? No, nah, I don't remember much of anything. I hear you, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I've always known you. I don't know if I ever told you that. There's something about you that I feel like I have always known, and I don't know what that is. He's every engineer you've ever met. No, but you you remind me of this kid I went to high school with named Todd Heckman, 
who gave me a lot of records. There's something about you I connect with, and I, I don't know what that is. All right. Maybe it's a sign thing. Maybe it's the records. Maybe I'm too. going over to your house tonight to get some chicken. <laughs> <laughs> chicken and some Merlin. <laughs> so have you, have you, uh, have you fulfilled your bucket list as far as the people that you've wanted to almost work with? Almost. Who's left? I mean, shit. Well, there's a lot left. But, it, yeah. I mean, but if I got hit by a bus today, I'd have to say, well, you did all right. You done well. Well, you yeah. did Prince. You did Prince, Billy Preston, Pharrell, Stevie. Billy Preston, Anita, Shaka, Vince Mendoza, Herbie, Wayne, Herbie. Dizzy. Little Uzi Dizzy. Bert. Hiram. <laughs> hey. Hey. Wow. Hey. I don't know. Um, I really... There's a lot of people left. Yeah, I really now we gotta work together because I don't want to be on the. The, the I don't. I don't want to. Yeah, I want to be yeah. on that. I already. I already know. There's. There's a few people I really want to work with that I talk to every time I see them about working, and I know it's not going to happen this go round. Who? Stevie. You haven't worked with him yet. Not officially. Man, I would have thought he would have been the first one. He that... came. He. He's. 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 You know, I love him. Talk to your ear off. Yeah, we we always talk about it. He's got a song for me. I need to go. I need to call him. I'm gonna call Aisha. I'm gonna keep calling. I'm gonna keep trying to do it every time. But it, I don't know that it's gonna happen. Wait a minute. And it's okay. There is. Wait, wait. Now I'm thinking. That's the thing. Yeah. Now I'm thinking. What song would she be good for? All of them. (laughs) No, because one time I, I I heard him trying to. Give knocking on your door to Jennifer Hudson. Really? And I was like, no. I was actually no, no, no shade to Jennifer Hudson, but it's just not that song. Yeah, I'm jealous. You know what? I think I might know one. We we, we have to. We have to. We can't play it on there. Oh, damn. Okay. Are y'all saying y'all got some unreleased Stevie stuff going on? No. We would never say that. Never. Never. We would would never say that. And. Thank you Never for not that throwing us under the bus or on your own radio oh, show. Oh, no, I was, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, man. This yes, is, even the Pandora people are looking at you I'm like, drunk. what the hell you say, woman? I'm drunk. <laughs> I've been drinking. Yeah, been I drinking. got some unreleased Stevie <laughs> J from Bad Boys. Yeah. Some unreleased Stevie J. Some unreleased Stevie J. Some unreleased Stevie J tracks yeah. that he did for the Mr. Dobbin record. Yeah. <laughs> what, what happened to that? There you go. It Mr. came out on Maverick. It came out. It did Shut on Maverick. Shut up, Mr. Dalvin. Yeah. Well, I can't. Wait, Mr. Dalvin had a album. Met a Met a morphic, and no. the single was called Wait, "Why Can't We." And well, actually, that's that why he did those uh, DJ Vlad interviews by himself. Oh, I was wondering why, like, he was getting the star treatment, like he had a project out. But well, that yeah, was, was this that, was like ninety eight, ninety nine. Yeah, it was called oh, "Why Can't We." Yeah. It was back in the yeah. day. It no, no, that that album no? was horrible. No, it was not good at all. No. I never really no. heard him sing. There's a reason. Yeah, joint, his Mr. Davin jams was always the soundtrack jams. Yeah. Like his soundtrack jams. Like what he was had that j- one um, True OG that was on Dangerous Mind. But there was there was another one. Get Mine. Get Mine. Yeah. Get Mine was yeah. on like that Players was, Club or some shit. That was my shit. Get Woo! Mine. Was you know dope. what? Yeah. I want an episode where you two just Cisco and Ebert. <laughs> whoever that is. Whoever that is. Where y'all just Cisco and Ebert every R and B record known to man. Yes. I'm down for that. It's it's an art watching these two like. Go Gaga over yeah, names I've never heard of before. They went deep. <laughs> Obscure B-sides and soundtrack songs. Yeah. You never heard of Mr. Belvedere? 
<laughs> All right. So, yeah. So, Stevie. Yeah, Stevie. Stevie. All right. There's a lot of people, though. You know, because when I meet people, they say, I want to make a whole record with you. They don't say, we want to make a song. Like, that's why I came to see D'Angelo that night. He's another one. I keep telling him, we should make the blackish record ever. We should do it now <laughs> while we're both living. We should both, we should do it now. Give her a chance as a mirror. What do you think? Every time he says it, he says, you know, I love you. I want to do it. Let's yo, do it. Yo, I love you, but... <laughs> yeah. It's more R&B. It's more R&B. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish it would happen. D'Angelo was on the show for three words. Not we, three words. The, yeah. We, we yeah. had a wager. What was the wager? Uh, a, a, everybody was going to get, a, was it 100 or 1,000? A $1,000 uh, Christmas bonus. Uh, they said that I could never get D'Angelo on the show. And it just so happens that D'Angelo had to stop by the studio to pick something up. Nice. And... On he the, sat in on for mic. like a little bit, and then he went out for a pack of cigarettes and never came back. Yeah. Yeah. Right, he pulled the black daddy on us. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> the black daddy. <laughs> yep. Anyway, uh, yeah, I thank you for coming on the show. Thank you, yeah. thank you. Yes. I had so much fun with you all. Oh man, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. My fears. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, we wanted to do this for a long time. We've been trying to. I was trying to catch each other yeah. in New York and stuff. Yeah, but yeah, nah, yeah. Thank you so much for doing thank this, Fonte and Conan, for making it happen. Yeah. How long y'all gonna be here? Forever, we're day. shooting. What? Forever? He'll be what? here forever. Well, not forever. I mean, we're going to do a couple more episodes, and then uh, okay, you know, yeah, I'm in town till like Tuesday, Wednesday. So y'all want to go bowling or some shit? Yeah, I live here. Let's go. Where we going? Where do you live? Hollywood. So yeah, I thank you for coming on the show, thank Layla. Appreciate, appreciate it. Thank you. Thank yes. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Amir. Appreciate it. And we will we will work in the future. So on behalf of uh, the Team Supreme crew. <laughs> Mm-hmm. On behalf of the team, what you, you're not part of the team? Supreme. No, I just you got tired. You ain't gonna say our names this time. Usually, be like you yeah. know, Bill, Fonte, you know. Yeah, we want some individual credit. All right, so <laughs> on behalf of Sugar Steve and and, and Boss Bill and Fontigolo and Sweet Feet. <laughs> oh, <man>. Yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah. Anyway, you know you like feet. My name is Sweet Feet. All right. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's Sweet Feet. Yeah. So, yeah, actually, Layla, we, we sort of did work together now that I think of it. Uh, this does not count. Duh, well, then, then you and Nancy Wilson didn't count then. It so. does count. That does count. <laughs> but on record, technically, we worked together because okay. of the uh, Hidden Figures soundtrack. That the roots just totally remade. Uh, oh, I can't wait to hear the whole thing. Yes, it's it's freaking awesome, and uh, we're going to release it for a record store day. That's awesome. Yeah, um, and this is your uh, contribution called "Surrender," and my I favorite guess, joint on the record. Yeah, yeah. yeah. thank you. Yes. Let's go. Love Supreme is a production of iHeartRadio. This classic episode was produced by the team at Pandora. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. That's right. 